Hey, this is PR Brown. Hey, this is Adam Gubman. Hey, this is Matt Roberts. Hello, my name's Joe Gash. And hi, this is Braden Berry from Say We Can Fly. Hi, I'm Tommy Avaloni. I make some silly movies from time to time. And you're listening to the Chronicles of Podcast. Hi, guys. How's it going? Welcome to another edition. Another, should we say, 73? 73rd. 73rd edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And uh, there's a way for right now. Damn it. Okay, we've got, we've got a show to record. Uh, I do believe, Jamie, um, that these Chronicles just about there. Yep. Are the Chronicles of uh, Tommy Avalone. Yeah, they are. Ooh, it's a good one. Wonderful. It is a very good one. Let's uh, ourselves in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 73rd edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And other chronicles of Tommy Avalone. It is I, the bearded Brummy Jamie, and joining me, as always, as always, is this handsome devil right here. Is that Guar? No, it was the theme tune to Barney. Barney is a dinosaur for my imagination. Is that Barney's theme tune? Yes. Wow. I don't know. That. is what we call a dinosaur sensation. Why do I know the words? Because you have two children? Yeah, but they never watched Barney. So that's the obvious answer. <laughs> I don't remember them ever watching Barney, though. But um, I, it's just one quick thing. While I was singing that, Zoom popped up saying, are you playing music? So clearly my singing was that good that Zoom thought it was professional music. There we go. Um, it's the Scotsman Tom, by the way. I just wanted to get that in there before anything else happened. Um, but yeah, nice. Congratulations. Um, Jamie, why did people in the ring never put the TV higher or on the edge of a cliff or to a blender or into fire or something? Just out of curiosity. I was just curious. That is a really, really good question. You know, or you go down in seven days. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> well, that's that sorted. Wasn't the whole thing like she was a girl that got lost in a well or something like that? I think I've like, never seen it, so I don't I know. Mean, I, I just, just put it next to the well, which falls back in. Like fuck's sake, I'm here I just... again. Yeah, it's like Doctor Strange just repeats stuff over and over and over again. <laughs> um, because I saw this in a, in a meme, and I got a photo of it here, where the ring now on flat screen TVs up on mount on the thing on the wall, and she's just it's just a picture of her going like, nah, and then like smacking her face off the floor. <laughs> And it was really funny. And it reminded me of that. And then it said, this reminds me of that troll face comic where the guy just puts a TV on the edge of the building. And then somebody sent it to him where it says, watch during the dead seven days. So someone put the, the, on the edge of a building, it just falls straight to a death. Great way around here. I like that. That is very it'd like good. It'd be like the shortest film ever. Oh, fuck. I've just watched the ring. Oh, my God. I'm going to die in seven days. I know I'll sort that out. <laughs> To be fair as well, the ring was VHS, so these days it would have to be DVD or streaming, in which case you could just see what was happening and skip that scene. Yeah, there Job you go, done. Never got to worry about yeah. it. You could never have the ring in a modern era. Yeah, the worst <laughs> ring. Okay, I, I won't. I'll just fa- fast forward. Oh, look, it's like creepy. Would it, would it, if you fast forward it, though, would it mean that it would just happen immediately or quicker? <laughs> maybe she just moves at times two speed. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of odd. Um, James. 
What were electric eels called before electricity was discovered? Um, like sparky eels? eels? Yeah. <laughs> eels Just... with pizzazz? I don't know. Oh, look at look at that eel! It's 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 giving us some sort of weird conducting elements. This is odd. Look at it. It's just, don't touch it because it makes like a bzzz sound. It's kind of weird. Like, do you know what I mean? Dave, have you seen this? Look at this here. Like, don't touch it though because you'll get some sort of shock. I'm not quite sure what shock that would be, but it'd be some sort of shock. Um, it's just... I really hope that someone comes along with a kite and makes a realisation what this could be called. And puts the key on the end of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can actually name this creature because for now it's just an eel. But it's like a, some sort of super special power deal. <laughs> I like that. That's a very good question. <sighs> the last thing I wanted to bring up before we really get into the cruxy wanky bollocks is I watched. I was watching the NFL, and there's, a, there's an advert where kids are making truck drivers do the horn, and they go, uh-huh. "Yeah," which is not come. Never mind. I won't get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> We don't know where I'm going with that. Um, why do people love making truck drivers shoot their horns so much? What if there's somebody no, they're not concentrating? Or like, what if it shits somebody up and they panic and crash? Yeah, you know, that's a really good point, actually. And I don't get how they manage it because cars are low to the ground, but trucks are quite high up. Why is the driver looking down out of his side window? Yeah, it's kind of weird. It is. Yeah. I just never understood the whole concept of I want to hear a truck driver toot his horn um, because it, could, it literally could make somebody panic and just, you know, really or they might be looking at going like, what's the danger? Um, and so, yeah, it's just, you know, it might get some Karens online to be like, oh, some truck driver toot his horn and actually there was nothing there. So, you know, it's kind of dangerous, that, isn't it? You know, keyboard warriors online and that sort of thing. I just love to have a fucking bitch. Type. Yeah, when Karens are angry, that's how they type I was disgusted with this today. You know, I hit in a typewriter. It's like on. Yeah. I was very unhappy with your truck driver today. I would <laughs> like to speak to your manager. Uh, I, I am. No, you're not. Don't you lie to me. I want to speak to the manager's manager, please. So, yeah, that was just my three random parts of bullshit. To quite honest, James. So I, I've brought yeah, something how... this week as well. Oh, fuck oh, off. Don't yeah. tell me Pooh's brown again. Um, <laughs> no, well, this is a bit of follow-up from something from last week. Do you remember last week he brought up the conversation about the slapping competition? Yes. Who's a well, fan? No, 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 no. no. When I was doing in, uh, editing the video for the episode, I thought I'd put a picture of the guy we were talking about on, on the screen. And I found that there's something else similar akin, a female version of the slapping contest. In, of all countries, Russia, where female okay. fitness enthusiasts take turn slapping each other on the arse and the aim is to knock their opponent off the balance. So basically just literally slapping each other on the arse to try and make them fall over. You could have to have a man invent this, don't you? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Dave, I do love, women, love watching women spank each other. Russian people are just, uh, just like, oh, no, don't want to see men hit each other. It's all legal. We don't like it over here. But I'll definitely watch the women hit each other. Yes, we like that. All right. Get the, hey, 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 Vladimir, get the, get the vodka. We got a fucking right all the evening here, eh? Make sure fitness enthusiasts, so we have nice bum to look as it slept. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want to see her go to fucking town on that ass to know what I mean. Yeah, Gregor, you come, you come here. You watch the ass slapping. No, you don't. No, man. No, man. You die. If you say man, you die. That's what happened here. You disappear, you die. That's what happened in Russia. When uh, when men touch men, that's it. Game over, my friend. Game over. Um, but the women's now we're talking, buddy. You know what I mean? Yeah, take a shot of the old vodka. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. <laughs> I fucking love it when you do that. You just go off on one. I can just sit here and just watch. It's fucking great. Yeah, appreciate that. Oh, but yeah, that, I, that really made me laugh when I was finding pictures for the last week's episode. I was like, why is this I, thing? I feel there should be a segment now where we find like, the weirdest sports. Um, yeah. yeah, and, you know. I like that. Oh, That's you know, there's this, this thing we do in this country where it's called the cocksucking contest. <laughs> Women only. You know, like, fuck's sake, of course there is. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're the only in Mother Rush. I love that. Women only. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like I said, Vladimir, we don't appreciate the men's doing the cocksucking, okay? Because you disappear, you die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> now, give me some of that double edge, Chef. Yes. <laughs> this week, anyway, we've been replaced sorry. by Russian Tom. <laughs> uh, the accent's pretty awful. Yours is better than mine. So, in my head, anyway. Um, well, I enjoyed it. So, yeah. How are you, my friend? What's been going on? I'm very well. I'm very well. I've just been to see the kiddies, so I've been having a travelling day. I've had a day off, so I've just got shit done. And yeah, it's been a good day. It's been a good day. How about How you? The kids? the kids are very well. Yeah. Um, good. So I actually got to see Harrison for a bit today, which was nice. So yeah. Fuck off. I know, right? I know. Wasn't Benny banging his missus or at work? Shut up. Um... <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> You never guess which episode Harry listens to Harrison listens to again, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, probably know my look. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just I'm prepped uh, for a trip away because obviously I'm away from tomorrow for work. For the I think for the first time in my life, I'm actually going yeah. away to work, which is quite weird. I think so. I've always wanted to travel for work. I know we did it for the for the show, and that, this is work as well because this is our business. But for like paid work. For yeah. my actual, like my actual full time job that I need to fund this job here. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we're going to London tomorrow, so I had to go. But I was literally like, "Oh, am I right to wear this as this?" They're like, "Nope." It's like, "Oh, so basically, what you're telling me is I need to go and buy a fucking new suit." Is what you're telling me? Oh, really? Lots of money later. They couldn't have told you this in advance, no. I think it's just kind of a given, isn't it? Oh, that I could have just said, "No, I'm not going to go because I can't afford to do that sort of thing," but. Um, yeah, so I've got like a new jacket, uh, but, but I'm not going to lie to you, James. I bought these trousers. Oh my god, they're, they're, I love them. I literally fell in love with them. So I saw them, I was like, How much? Yeah, I love them. They're lovely. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, just, just, yeah, it's, it's one of So I'm quite excited. So obviously, we're having to do the old double record. So we're, if the show feels a bit sped up or rushed or anyway, we do apologize. Uh, time is of the essence this week, I believe, Jamie. It is indeed. We've got a busy old yeah. week. <laughs> Absolutely. So the things we do for you people, we what we love you. We love you that you come here and see us every single week. So we really appreciate it. Don't ever think that we're not uh, gracious or 
loving of our listeners and our fans. We do really appreciate you massively. So, you know, no, but I'm serious. I know we, we take t- the piss every single week. We're like, well, no one will respond. But, you know, realistically, people do listen to the show. It's like, we do have the figures. It doesn't matter. We do this because we love it. We don't do it. Because we expect, we don't expect, do you know what I mean? We deliver the content to you people for you to enjoy. So, you know, that's what we do. So for everyone that does listen to this, thank you so very, very much. I'm sure Tommy's appreciative as well when you get to him a little bit later on. Jamie, what have you been doing yourself this week? Um, a fat lot. I've uh, mostly been reannering. I've done a few training courses this week. So it's been a bit different, mixing the day. As in you've hosted them or you've been to them? I've been to them. Oh, okay. Basically, when I first started, my boss was like, get on as many training courses as you possibly can. I'm going to find some more for you so we can get you like speeding up and get you up on that ladder as quick as possible. I think he wants to get me promoted in like a fucking year, the way he's telling me the other day. Because I had my appraisal the other day, and he's like, no, everything's going well. Let's do this, this, and this. So, yeah, everything's going well. Good to see you. That's what we like to hear. What's the next, what's the next stage? Be the deputy portrait manager. Could be the next step. What's that mean? Sitting your ass even more, <laughs> but in a different office. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, I went out with Claire on Saturday night for food, drinks, and shenanigans. It was good fun. We we were going to go out and do other stuff, like an activity or something, but then we just went, oh, we could just sit down and drink and eat, and we ended up just doing that instead. I had pho, Vietnamese soup. It was very nice. Oh, yeah? Yeah, very nice. Very nice indeed. Had meatballs in it. Then I tried to use chopsticks and gave up and asked for a fork because I can't use chopsticks to save my fucking Yeah, I don't understand the whole premise. I get Asian people use chopsticks because that's how they brought up and talked to use them, etc. But it's when someone can use them and you can't that I, that I don't like when they're like, what do you mean you can't use chopsticks? Yeah. Look how pathetic you are, but you can't use chopsticks. No, I'd much rather use a fork like traditional British people do. I know. I think we don't use normally. I know you'd be. I know you're in an Asian restaurant, etc., whatever. But I, I don't like it when people are just like, "Well, I'm better than you because actually I can eat with sticks." Like, well, well done. If we ever hit the Neanderthal era, at least you'll be okay. <laughs> Fuck you're off. absolutely fucking know. I hate it as well. Um, we've done an interview, which you're going to see right fucking now, and then just after this, we're going to do another interview. So that wraps up in that one. Um, went to see the kids today. Uh, is their cousin's birthday? So we've got to see Samantha, happy birthday, which was a good time. Um, Samantha is my kid's mom's brother's daughter. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. Right. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah basically, it was the kid's, the kid's cousin's birthday. So it was, but nice. I took Sam down to Sainsbury's to get his new glasses. We sat there and he's getting them all measured, looking very nice. I was looking at his frames. I was going... I quite like them. I might get them next time. I went, Jamie, you idiot. Realised, I took mine off. Went, he's just got the exact same glasses that I've got. So everyone says me and Sam are doubles. We've now even have the exact same pair of glasses. I even checked like the serial number inside the arm. Exact same pair. We're even more alike. Fucking love it. Made me laugh. Um, watching wise, I am up to season five, episode eight of twenty four, and it is a fucking great series. Enjoying it, enjoying it a lot. But what's Samwise Gamgee doing here? Did not see Mate. that coming a mile off. Sean Astin, isn't it? Yeah. And he's a bit Lynn of a McGill. dick. Yeah. I was like, one, why are you here? Why are you a dick? You're lovable Samwise. Why are you being an asshole? I don't like I don't like this. But no, it's it's fucking great. It's great. I look forward to our conversation in about 
eight or nine episodes time. This season is a roller coaster. Like it's just no. an absolute roller coaster. It's weird. It's like the last series. It was like every episode was like, "Fuck, I need to know what's going on." This, is... but this one is like, "This is building. Where is this going?" It's got me on the edge of my seat in a different way. It's great. Yes, yeah. you won't. I love. Oh, it. I'm enjoying it. I'm... You have no idea. <laughs> I'm still grieving over President Palmer, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I miss him. Um, and other than that, I haven't the only other thing I've watched is the old Royal Rumble. I, I decided to watch some rest when I watched the Rumble, and it was really good. I had a good time. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Sp- it's amazing. I wasn't. I'm not gonna say anything about it, but that end, I oh. won't care. I won't care us up. <laughs> <laughs> I. But I'll be honest. To be fair to her, she really enjoyed it, and I was like, yes, yes, oh. it's beginning. But literally. I oh. I think the whole flat heard me. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy. Yeah. Especially because I'm going to be at Raw in two weeks. It's just like, yeah. oh my God, it's going to be sick. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed it. Because it's the first time I've watched wrestling properly in ages. I really enjoyed it. So, What about you, sir? What have you been up to? Rihanna and of course, like, we, like we've been discussing, um, we did a wonderful interview on Friday, which is obviously out this Friday with this episode, it's out in this 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 episode. So uh, enjoy that. Tommy was a really good laugh as well. So um yeah, I really enjoyed this interview actually. Um it's good. I just I enjoy every interview we do though. It just seems to be a doozy every time without fail, to be fair. So um Saturday I went suit shopping, um, got the bits that I needed, uh, and then forgot that I'm now a fat fuck. So my shirts don't fit me anymore from four from August. So I was like, shit. So I had to go buy some new shirts today. Um and I washed them. So I'm just gonna go and try them on after we've done this uh, this interview uh, and this episode. Um so yeah, I'm off to London tomorrow, uh, which will be Tuesday for those that are listening to this on Friday, obviously. So Tuesday I'm off to London uh for a massive work event on Wednesday, uh, my first one. So uh, I'm nervously excited. I'm nervous because I know it's going to be balls to the wall mental and it's going to be insane, but it's going to be great at the same time. Um, and I think because of it, I get Thursday off, I think. So I'm quite happy about that. Happy days. I think. I'm not entirely sure. So we'll find out next week when we uh, come to doing anything tomorrow? Was it just the traveling day? Traveling. So you're just traveling tomorrow and you get Thursday yeah. off as well. Fucking great week. Happy I know days. it's a winner, isn't it? It's an absolute winner. And I got two people in today, so I'm already over my quota for yeah, I'm I'm quite happy with that. It's been a good day. Um I've had a wobble, but we're all right now. So um so Saturday was just a lot of shopping. Went to Cardiff, Caris had her eye test and I had her eyes tested. Hey. Um went to Specsavers, all good, went to uh Primark and got my jacket, and then we came back here. And then went to Newport City Centre for a bit more shopping. It was just a nice day. It's just a really nice day out. Um, I almost went to the rugby at Rodney Parade because Glasgow were playing. Uh, and some of the Scotland boys were literally over the road. But I was like, I'd rather save money for dollars. So I didn't go. Um, but the game was amazing as well. Of course it would be. Um, uh, and yeah, then Sunday, it was Keris' spa day for her birthday. So Sunday, we drove to Bristol um, at like eight in the morning. Um, when I was spa day and uh, the hot tub didn't work. Um, the, swim, the swimming pool was full of people 
the massage was great. Like it was my first massage I've ever had professionally ever, oh, and no, it was absolutely amazing. I was just there, like I said to her afterwards, it's like, uh, but sorry, in between when she was changing over to the next body part, and I was like, oh, is it like a hairdresser when we do small talk, or am I just meant to shut the fuck up? And she went, no, just be in your zone, just chill. You don't have to talk to me. It's fine because I'd be worried if you were talking to me. I was like, okay, so we have to talk about the weather or what holidays I'm going on now. <laughs> And she was like, no, you're all good. It's like, excellent. Oh, I've got to sleep. Um, <laughs> but it's weird being like led on your front with your face through a hole. It's kind of I could odd, imagine. but so comfortable. It's weird. Is it one of those so where you only wear a towel? No, I had shorts on. Oh, you had shorts on. Okay. I had shorts on. And she tucked the towel into my shorts and I was like, oh, okay. Um, no, she, was she, was, she was so funny. <laughs> she was so lovely. Um so yeah, but frustratingly, one of the other masseuses was off. So Keris, so we have to take it in turns. So the whole experience turned out to be a bit, eh, yeah, which I, I felt really guilty for because Keris is like, oh, I loved it. I loved it. So I was like, yeah, but it could have been just that, you know, it wasn't yeah. to your expectation. I paid for you like quite a bit um, for you to enjoy a spa day and you got like a spa couple of hours. Yeah. So it was just not ideal. Um, uh, and then I came home and I went and bought some trousers. Uh, and then I watched the Royal Rumble like you did. And then I watched the NFL. Um, but it just wasn't great, the yeah. NFL. So it's going to be the Philly Eagles against the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> really? Rihanna are probably cool at halftime. Chris Stapleton's doing the national anthem. But other than that, I'm just like, all right. No. Cool. Well, at least not he'll be happy, I guess. Yeah, well, will he? <laughs> Depends if they win, I guess. <laughs> I can't see it myself. Um, yeah, and then obviously had a work day today, smashed two out the park, and here we are. Here we are. Oh, that's a nice quick catch-up. I love that. Shall we... Uh... Go and hear from Brave Dan at Steve Cozy Clothing. All right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Braden Barry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing. Your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, t-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring... The Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, The Chronicles, at checkout. Oh, boy. I say it every single week. The greatest advert of all time. It even beats Tag Team's um, Geico one. Oh, that's some high praise right there. Oh, never thought I'd hear you say those words. Uh, but, Jamie. Yes, sir. It's only yours and everybody else's favourite segment of the week. Yeah, it is. It's time for Callum's Treachings. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you in Callum's Treachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. So, James, here we go again. Callum is back to treach the world for another week. So, let's delve into the treacher's mind. What is Callum Treachiners? This week. Humans are the most intelligent animals on Earth, yet we're the only ones who have to be told not to look directly into the sun. (laughs) (laughs) 
so true. And then when you get told to do it, you fucking do it, don't you? Yeah, you every to. time. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Literally happened the other day. I was reading something on Facebook. It's like, don't look exactly to the sun. I was like, why? It can't be that bad. Ow, fuck. Yes, it is. <laughs> but then did you ever think that when you bought sunglasses, you thought you could look into it? And it's yeah. still like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it, kids. Which means ah, everyone listening Utah. to this has just done it right now. Yeah. You tell me not to look into the sun, but I have these things that are called sun glasses. So now I may avast thine gaze upon thine. Ah, I'm blind. <laughs> Bollocks. And they told me not to look. I still did it. I thought I'd won them over, but I'll get those meddling kids. <laughs> I remember in like the late nineties, early two thousands, like, when there was an eclipse, and like the newspaper yeah. gave you out these special glasses so you could look at the sun. Could you bollocks? It still fucking hurt. Jamie, listen to what you just said. <laughs> you said free glasses for free in a newspaper. Yes, I know. <laughs> I was a child. Okay. <laughs> here, here, boys, come. Here, I've got a great marketing ploy for these little kids here. Come by because news of the world existed. Come by news of the world. <laughs> Right, run by Piers. Is it Piers Morgan? Did he run it, or was it? He was a big, big part of it, wasn't he? Oh, you know, he was tapping all the phones and whatnot. And uh, yeah, come, come back, glasses. We'll make sure they're shit as fuck, and we'll blind every single child. That'll show the youth of today. That'll show the bloody future of this country, and then we can blame it all on them rather than the <laughs> shitty ass government we have. <laughs> How did we go from talking about the sun to a government rant? How does that yeah. happen? Sorry, I can't help myself. <laughs> this is a week where I just get shit off my chest, Jamie Westwood. All right. The sun blinding people. Do you know who we blame for that? The fucking Tories. <laughs> yeah. I, I look for I look forward to next week's episode where it's like, hi guys, and welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast with your host, Jamie Westwood. Unfortunately, last week we were talking about the Russians. Thomas now disappeared. Um <laughs> and never to be seen ever again. <laughs> we spoke about two men together in a Russian accent. We ain't seen him again. <laughs> Anyway, so, um, yeah, um, what was about the sun? So my brain just went, ah, ah, <laughs> ah, looking ah. out for the Russians, that's why. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, that was that's very, very silly boy. Yeah, I, uh, I used to get free shit but, with magazines all the time now. What? But, Mr. Treacher, how do we know that animals aren't telling other animals to not look at the sun? We don't know what they're saying. So, to be fair, could be. Don't look at the sun. Alert your eyes. With most animals, I think it's either I'm starving, uh, <laughs> I need to piss or shit, uh, I need to sleep, or can we fuck? I think is mainly all animals probably say to each other. Or cats, it's mostly just fuck you repeatedly because they're horrible. The, the cats would be like, well, well, it's more like that doesn't belong on there. <laughs> I don't care if your floor's hard. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> Do I have your attention yet? I'm hungry, motherfucker. <laughs> right? Okay. If you're not going to listen to me, I'll pull that curtain down over there. Let's see how you feel about that, eh? Piece <laughs> of shit. Oh, I feel, t- feel sorry for a giraffe with a really long neck if I look at the sun. Oh, they're even closer than us. Ooh. Must be very warm. <laughs> Is it cloudy up there? Fuck off. Anyway, oh, I bet you on. used to get that all the time. Oh, What's dude. the weather like up there? Yawn, boring. What else is Callum treating us this week? You actually can lick the inside of your skull. Is he doing this thing again? Is it because you can lick the roof of your mouth? That's not skull. Which is in, it's, 
Your skull is your entire head, you melon. <laughs> yeah, but that's skin. It's not... Well, I suppose... When I say skull, teeth? I think bone. Teeth. It's got to be teeth. Because it's all connected. But teeth come out, so they're connected to guns. Oh, Callum, I fucking hate it when you do this. You just like to make us look thick, don't it's, you? It's got to be roof of the mouth or teeth. It has to be. You can't look anywhere else. I mean, jawline? <laughs> Joking to tell us to make us be like, <laughs> it's like the show. <laughs> it's got it's got to be teeth. It's literally the only thing I can think of. That's bone. Because immediately my brain went to skull head, but obviously yeah. then your skull is actually your. This is your skull, isn't it? Inside your head, this is the whole skull. Yes, that's the whole thing's. That really threw me for a second then, because they teach you that skull is the head part, but it's actually the entire head part, not just the brain part. I said head twice, and I meant to say brain, idiot. I know. Uh, uh, Okay, good. That's fine. Um, (laughs) Weird how much of a Nazi I am with (laughs) Nazis now. Fucking Russians now, Nazis. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) I am with grammar and spelling, so I was like, but yeah, just the only thing, it's got to be teeth. It has to be. I love how we're not making this funny at all. It's just like... <laughs> Romulus and Remus came down to the river and said about teeth. They told you to could lick the inside of your skull. Um, I don't know. They're Bible people. Are they Bible people? I have no idea. You're asking the I'm wrong thinking... person about religion. That's a very good point. Um, yeah, I think Jamie that maybe Scott. we should maybe move on before we get. Yeah, yeah. yeah? Callum, can you um, post us a video for next week to explain? That treach so that everybody and that's Claire probably got on her fucking bandwagon probably. and be like, actually you dickheads, you're fucking idiots, you two. Jesus Christ. It's actually that you have to eat curry with a spoon. <laughs> Grow up, dickhead. Um <laughs> and finally, Jamie. <laughs> what else is Callum treaching us? <laughs> in the Harry Potter universe, Hogwarts is based in Scotland. So it must really suck for young Scottish wizards to have to travel all the way down to London only to travel all the way back up to Scotland every year. But <laughs> fuck's sake, Billy. You mean you're going to fucking travel eight hours to get to fucking England and London to get fucking home? Absolute push take, mate. It's a fucking suck of this shit. Probably there must have been other ways, but I don't want there to be because that's just brilliant. Especially if you're from like my hometown, like Aberdeen's like in the northeast or anywhere it's like really fucking high at the top. To be like, for fuck's sake, are you fucking joking me? I had to get to fucking England and go to fucking London just to get back fucking to the to Hogwarts bullshit. Absolute bullshit. It's disappointing there wasn't more like proper Scottish wizards in Harry Potter now. We ain't goddamn leather your son. It's fucking brilliant. They probably they, they probably got excluded. They're like Sorry, darling, you have to be British or English to get to this, <laughs> to this school of wizards, don't you know? I can't actually understand a fucking word you're saying, you peasant. <laughs> See, another reason why we need to be independent. <laughs> I just got this image of a, a teacher telling to do something wrong and this young wizard looking at ah, pish off, yeah. <laughs> just walking off. Do you want to get to fuck? <laughs> Yeah, the wee dorsa. Oh, yeah. I really want Scottish Harry Potter now. <laughs> I'm going to try to find I had Scottish Pepper Pig. I'm going to see if I can find you it. did? Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. But Yeah, yeah. the wee fucking beauty. <laughs> but yeah, Callum, that is a very good point if they had to do that. That's probably why. They probably couldn't be fucking arsed. <laughs>
You know, like, hey, mate, no. Ah, no, I can't, can't be asked for that. Hey, Fuck you that shit. <laughs> it must be joking. So, <laughs> for some reason, everything I have to do with my home country just completely left my brain. So, never mind. <laughs> It's like oh. shit. What do we do back home? But I've been home for years, so um, oh, I enjoyed yeah, that. they good. probably couldn't be asked. Yeah, they probably just couldn't probably be not. fucking asked. They're just probably like, not. nah, fuck that bollocks. We'll start our own fucking school, eh? Um, I'll call it Meth Lab. There we go. We're fucking sorted, mate. <laughs> anyway, Callum, an absolutely incredible week again. We're so sorry for ruining the second one, though. It's like. He did yeah. that on purpose. We both know he did that on purpose to make us look stupid. You he blatantly did the handsome bastard. I can't even talk to him if he can beat me up or flicking me. Um, I find it weird that he was in my old house. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that's like I used to live there. What are you doing back in the house? I used to live. Obviously, other people move in. People, get... that's just how it works. <laughs> let, let, that's just fucking sat real. in an empty house. I miss Tom. <laughs> but, they, but I saw a video of him on Instagram. He sat in that chair. I was like, I used to love that fucking chair. <laughs> It, it just kind of blew my mind a little bit. I was like, that's so weird. Like, that's odd. Great house. Great place to be. Anyway, uh, I digress. Um, we move on. And again, I have to follow. It's only time for Tom's journal. Ooh. And welcome to another edition of Tom's journal. Did you hear about this at the Grammys? A conversation between Lady Gaga and Ed Sheeran. Have you heard about this? No. Excuse me, can I have another glass of wine? (laughs) Sorry, I'm Ed Sheeran. Okay, Ed, can you get me another glass? Ed Sheeran gets mistaken for waiter by Lady Gaga at the Grammys. No way, I did not hear about this. But do you know know what? Everyone knows who Ed Sheeran is. Even if you don't like his music, everyone knows who Ed Sheeran is. Surely she knows who he is. Surely. She must do. But she it was says in mustard. I mean, it, in America, I don't know. It was Daily Mail celebrity, so you know, Daily Fail, more like. Um, yeah, but still, it was in the news. So who knows? Who it's knows? Probably, it's probably she tapped him on the back because she didn't see his face, and then he turned around and went, "I'm oh, Ed Sheeran." Went, "Oh, sorry." It's probably when he got me into the glass. Is what she said. Fucking <laughs> hell! Obviously, I can't think about a week or two. <laughs> I know. A week or two ago, David Crosby left this earth from Crosby, Stills and Nash. He did, yes. But I found this tweet from him during the pandemic, which just was just great. And I'm not a fan of Crosby, Stills and Nash. I've never listened to them. I have no idea. You know, I'm not going to start saying it like, oh, I'm a fan of it. I can't believe it. But this tweet just made my just made my day. It was fucking hilarious. This was from David Crosby's Twitter. If smoking marijuana causes short-term memory loss, what does smoking marijuana do? <laughs> that took me a second there. <laughs> you hero. Absolute what? legend. Sort of him and Crosby Stills and Nash. I know of them. I I know his face and everything. I couldn't tell you a single fucking song off the top of my head. No, neither could I. I bet I just like go, oh, great. they sang that. But no, off the top of my head, no idea. Uh, probably one of them bands, yeah. Yeah. Jamie, the five love languages. Words of affirmation. This is a good burrito. Acts of service. I've made you a burrito. Receiving gifts. Here's a burrito. 
Quality time. Let's go and get some burritos together. Physical touch. Arms around a person wrapped in a warm hug. Like a bur- burrito. burrito. <laughs> <laughs> I want a fucking burrito now. I, Mexican food just makes me so happy. I'm going to try and find a Mexican restaurant tomorrow, I think. I don't know what the plan is for like dinner, but what everyone was doing, I'm getting fucking Mexican, I think. Um, the world of rock music, Jamie. Punk music. The world is fucked and I'm pissed. Emo. The world is fucked and I'm sad. Goss. The world is fucked, but there's beauty. Scar. The world is fucked. I have a trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as you said scars like this are gonna have trumpets, isn't it? It's gotta have trumpets or saxophones. <laughs> <laughs> so again, a very British thing. If conversations with friends were actually honest, <laughs> shall we just cancel meeting up? Yeah, that'd be lovely. Great. I was about to suggest it myself anyway. Let's make plans to cancel it again soon. <laughs> I'll not make a note in my diary. See you never. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so true. It is very true. So true. Yeah. I don't understand why people are like, oh, I can't make it. Sorry. Uh, my hamster's uncle's my hamster's uncle's in town. And you're <laughs> like, all right, if you don't want to come, just say. Like, don't just like make an excuse. But that's when people start making you feel guilty for not wanting to, then it's just like, suck a dick. Yeah. I don't want to go. Fuck you. Don't want to go. You don't want to go. Oh, I was gutted, right? Because your wife shared this. And I was like, no, because I've had the journal for a couple of weeks. The people who make fitted sheets need to sit down with the people who make mattresses and get on the goddamn same page. Making the bed shouldn't be like putting a swimming cap over a fridge. (laughs) I don't think I actually saw her share that. If I did, I've forgotten it. That analogy of putting a swimming cap on a fridge is absolutely... Superb. Yeah, uh, we, yeah. <laughs> we love a Jamie catchphrase over here. We, <laughs> absolutely incredible. And absolutely fucking true. I hate food sheets. Yeah, they're the worst. They are the absolute worst. Well, say that. No, uh, I like a fitted sheet. I don't like a loose sheet. I just hate putting on the fitted sheet. Once it's on, it's fine. It's horrific. Like, try to, goes, babe, can you, put the fit, can you put the sheet on, please? I can't do it. Well, granted, the fact she's four foot 11 and she can't pick up a double mattress makes sense. Um, so, yeah, it's always my little job to come in and go, fucking catch on there, you little prick. Um, right. This really made me laugh so much, like so much. And I can't wait for your reaction. There's not a day that goes by where I don't think about that backstreet boy. Asking his pals, am I sexual? And they're like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's a questionable lyric. Oh, God. I love that song and I've never thought of it that way. (laughs) As if they're watching him him pumping away, they're like going, yeah, yeah, he's so sexual. Look at him go. Woo! Am I the only one? Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's what true mental. But what? Like they're on a gangbang. Just was it voyeurism? Which one is it? Is it voyeurism? When you're watching, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's turning it tonight? Is it Nick? Yeah, sick. 
<laughs> the only Backstreet Boy member we know the name of. So, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. This was due to a malfunction at Lots Road Power Station. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. But Eastern Electricity Board said he would have to wait till Thursday to be connected. <laughs> and God saw the light, and it was good. He saw the quarterly bill, and it was not good. <laughs> <laughs> Massive credit to Jasper Barrett for that one. Thank you very much. That's great. I like that. <laughs> he thinks Spike Lee wrote it. So it's just okay. fun. It was just fucking hilarious when I was reading it. <laughs> It's like that he saw the court electricity bill. It was not good. <laughs> um, this one's for you. Okay. Robin, um, the Batmobile's not starting. Batman, did you charge the battery? Robin, what the hell's a Terry? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh. oh, that's a Batman dad joke. I'm so proud. <laughs> Oh, it's great. Oh, it's like, <laughs> that's going in. <laughs> I'm, I'm slightly embarrassed how long it took me to click onto that mind, but that was fucking brilliant. <laughs> it doesn't matter what time of year it is. If you tell a British person you have a cold, they'll tell there's one going around. So All right. true. It feels like it's been months and years every time someone calls you go, Going around at the minute, any oh, <laughs> I've heard really bad things going around at the moment. Oh, oh my day, my day, my day, had it for weeks. <laughs> oh, my Terry, he's still got a bit of a cough. <laughs> and finally, Blacksmith, I'm almost done with this sword, I just have to work out the kinks. Swords, I like feet. Blacksmith, shut up. <laughs> I did not see that coming. That's brilliant. <laughs> oh. oh, that's a good one. <laughs> and that was another edition of Tom's Journal. Oh, beautiful journal this week. Thank you, sir. Journal. Thank you very, very much. Found some absolute quality this week. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. That was so good. <laughs> It's about getting into schools and talking to young people because, you know, I, I know that people can change. Uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever. And we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there. Absolutely. Hey there, guys. We are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com.
Shall we bring that piece in, Jamie Westwood? Oh, yes, we should, sir. Welcome to the Chronicles of Tommy Avalone. Tommy Avalone is an incredible filmmaker and director, but not normal films. Well, he has in the past, but he is known for making incredible documentaries about subjects you would not expect, like what? The rock band Guar, Santa Clauses, Barney the Dinosaur, and so many more. These are absolutely fantastic. I've wanted Tommy on the show for a long time, so I'm so happy we got to do this. This is amazing. Like Jamie said, he's the man behind this is Guar. I am Santa Claus, Ghost Heads. There's so much more on there as well. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And some great documentaries that are frustratingly hard to get in Britain. I've looked. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to watch those little mothers. And there's one about houses on the way. But we'll let the man tell you himself. Jamie! Yes, sir. Do you supposedly have any final words? Just a massive thank you to our guest. Like I said, I wanted to talk to Tommy for a long time, so I'm so happy I got to do this. Thank you so much for sitting down with us, sir. And, yeah, just phenomenal. I'm also very jealous of you, and you'll find out why during this. Tommy, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to my friend. We really appreciate it, and for moving the date as well, because I know that can be annoying as hell. Uh, so apologies, but thank you so much for taking the time out. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go! Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, it's Tommy Avalone. Yeah. How are you guys doing? Very well. Very, very. I've been looking forward to this, so I'm, I'm good. Nice. Where are you guys located? We're in the UK. Nice. Yeah. I'm so, in England. I'm He's in, in Wales. Yeah. We were in uh, uh, St. Andrews. And London when we filmed Bill Murray stories. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then we played the BFI there, and that was awesome. Nice. That's incredible. It's always good over here, though. You know it's better over here, Tommy. Come on, let's be real, yeah? I'll tell you. It's, you know, so, so I'm from the Philadelphia area, you know? And I told my... I, I'd been to London once for when we filmed Bill Murray stories. And then I had my friend come, who's... When we went to play BFI... And I was like, oh, it's just like going to Philly, but everything's on the opposite side. <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's like, you know, Philly's very like, you know, beginning, like, you know, everyone came from there and landed in like that area. So it was just very, is it just, you can tell where Philadelphia got its inspiration from, you know? I love it. I, mean, I, lo- I, mean, I love London. Everything's super expensive. You know, we went, we drew, we took the train down to Camden and I got my picture next to the uh, Amy Winehouse statue. So, uh, oh, yeah. Nice. Who's the wrestling buddy behind you? At least I think it's. Oh, it's, it's Andy Kaufman. Oh yes, I can make it. Yes, yes I can make it. Andy. That's Andy Kaufman. That's uh, the Bill Murray head. And uh, yeah, <laughs> amazing. But for, before we start, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate. Oh yeah, no problem. No problem. Really appreciate. What we normally do is me. I do a little intro, Always. lure you in with a false sense of security, as Tom likes to say, and then we just bombard the living hell out of you with questions. Okay, sounds good. You can hear me okay. I don't have to plug in the microphone or anything like that. Coming through okay to me? Cool. Perfect. Beautiful. Awesome. Let's do this little intro. Ladies and gentlemen, today we bring you an amazing guest who has dedicated his career to making incredible documentaries all about fascinating subjects. Will open your eyes to things you didn't even know you wanted to learn about. Like what? How about Bill Murray conspiracy theories? The rock band Guar? Santa Claus? 
and even Barney the Dinosaur. After this interview, we will all be able to say, I know Tommy Avalon, because these are the chronicles of Tommy Avalon. Uh, nice. If you want to pretend like you know me, you can always buy my T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I know Tommy Avalon T-shirt. That was why I put that in the intro. Because I, oh, I love God. that. It's funny. It's very funny. That was a bit I did like in my early twenties. Like I just got the shirts printed that I said I knew Tommy Aloni, and I thought it was so funny. And then working with like the pro wrestling tees uh, people, I was like, oh, that'd be fun to put that back up there, you know. So it's good times. Amazing. Just picked up then. I pronounced your surname incorrect, didn't I? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's it's Tommy Avaloni, but it's everyone says it wrong, so I never correct, you know. And <laughs> to be fair. I say so many people's name wrong that I just, it's just, it's just a conversation that we're going to have one day and not, nothing will ever be right, you know? I think your surname would sound amazing in an Italian accent. Eh, Avalone! What's <laughs> going on? <laughs> yeah. My dad will be like selectively Italian. You know, we're all from South Jersey, but like, he'd be like, oh, you know, da 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 da, mozzarella. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you're just so selective, you know? incredible absolutely incredible but tell me how i know it was a while ago now but how was your holiday season did you have a good crimbo in new year oh uh, yeah yeah I mean, christmas is good yeah i mean like it's uh it's always stressful around the holidays but it was good times how about you yeah um, i actually can't remember what did i do oh yeah i just saw family saw my family saw the other half family just a lot of like toing and froing i think a lot of going out everywhere yeah, Not I mean, really you relaxing. ask the question, and it's like it's been like a month and like two days since Christmas, and I'm like, ah, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> so, <laughs> January wow. is that long? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave just said that. I was putting it, but yeah, it was only a month and two days ago. It feels like so much longer ago. Yeah, yeah it's it's, I mean, it, it is January 536. You know, so you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a crazy ass January. Let me be honest with you. Um, okay, in that case, then, how about your pandemic season? I know it's still kind of around-ish. Yeah, I mean, I don't really leave the house, you know. Like, I've been, I've been really just editing uh, this documentary uh, called The House From, and I've just been doing a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, I just came from uh, lunch with my friend who I had wings and a couple beers, so... Uh, oh. You know, uh, so everything's fine, you know. You know, it's funny, like, so I'd be curious. Like, me and my wife were t- at talking about this the other day because, like, uh, I have a bunch of friends who have, like, British accents, you know, and I'm like, everything they say is so much, it sounds like so much smarter, you know? But, like, <laughs> on the flip side, I'd be curious, like, when you come across an American, do you just think we're all idiots? No. No, 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 <laughs> because I remember when we were filming when we were filming Bill Murray stories, it would have been oh, 2016 and we were in St. Andrews and one of the guys there was like, oh, you know, you're old 45. And I was like, oh, it's like, you know, not everyone's like a Trump guy. Like I, I was like, it was just it was interesting for the first time. I had someone look at me as like, I would probably look at someone from Kansas or Kentucky, you know? And I was like, I wonder if like foreign countries, me and my wife have been talking about this a lot because we want to like do, uh, she's never been to Europe, but I've been to like Scotland and, and uh, London. And I was like, I wonder what other people think of like us. And I, I, and I always assume that like this thing we're like a bunch of like Southern hicks. And like, I was curious <laughs> if that was like the case. No, I'll admit the, the, the proper Southern accents do sound a little bit 
you know. But oh yeah, your accent and pretty much every American guest we spoke to, no, don't, I haven't ever sat there and gone, "You sound like an idiot." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. There's there's certain like I mean there's fun accents like like Boston that's like you know you're just like you know it's crazy and some of the hard New York stuff. But like my accent, like I, so this right here, uh, I say it water. You know, and that's how you can tell from New Jersey is like that, the, the wood, you know, it's it's water, you know, but like my Jersey accent says water. And I, I was in New Orleans once and they're like, oh, yeah, another order of what? I was like, I'm saying water, water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I think, <laughs> but when my one friend, Charlie, uh, he he was fil- he filmed uh, our, uh, our, our houses documentary and he's from, oh, uh, Manchester and when he said the word vitamin like I was like I couldn't understand what he meant it was like he's like it was like vitamin you know it was just like so like so fast and I couldn't I, and my wife's like he's saying vitamin <laughs> I just couldn't figure it out it's a vitamin yeah 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 so it must be crazy for you then if you talk to like a Geordie from Newcastle or a Scouser from Liverpool because their accents are horrific like I'm not gonna even attempt to even try yeah. it, but you, even we go. What you're from this island? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, well, it's just funny because anytime we would film with him, everyone was so inclined to go, "Oh, where are you from?" You know, they always thought he was from Ireland. You know, because his accent was just—it's just a little bit different. I, I mean, it's—it's it's just a bunch of people from California going, "Is that you know?" Like, so I—I I, would—I would never even guess. Uh, I could never guess where someone's accent is ever from. You know. Unless it's Boston. Boston's pretty easy. Let's think of Mark I mean, when I was, I was in uh, I was in Colorado four years ago and someone said I was Australian. I was like, really? I sound Australian? And I was actually quite tempted to be like, yeah, you know what, mate? I actually found him from fucking Australia. Now you mention it, I'll just put the X in on just for the sake of it, yeah? Guess what? That sounds no different to me. Why your voice? <laughs> really? Does it yeah, not? It's all, it just all sounds the same to me, man. <laughs> that's, that's mental. I, yeah. that's actually I mean, I guess, I guess, I like, guess, there's a couple things that I could tell you were doing a bit because, like, the face that went with it, you know. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> we don't have to talk about this. It was just one of those things where, like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I just, I guess, I just didn't know you guys were uh, in the UK, so I was like, oh, that's interesting. So you know, but sir, take us back to the days when you were a young boy. What did young young Tommy want to be when he was growing up? I guess like very, very, very young Tommy wanted to be like an artist in like a cartoon artist. Like I always loved drawing like uh, Darkwing Duck and Scrooge McDuck and all that sort of stuff. Those were my uh, my favorite co- to do things. And I thought like, oh, that'd be fun to be like a, an animator of some kind. Um, I got real into wrestling. I never wanted to be a wrestler, but I just threw a, I figured I'd mention wrestling. Um, and then, yeah, and then, like, Kevin Smith came around, and I wanted to be Kevin Smith for a long time, oh. uh, making scripted scripted movies. And, you know, I would do a couple scripted movies and, you know, work with my friends. And I didn't feel like I was the best director. And I'm not sure, like, now looking back at it, it's like, was I not a good director or were my friends not actors? Uh, and I think it's somewhere <laughs> in the middle, you know? Uh, but then, like, yeah, I just randomly kind of fell into these docs. Um, a movie, I, a scripted movie I produced uh, played at a festival with Morgan Spurlock and we kind of had like mutual friends and I had this idea for the Santa Claus doc and I brought it up to him. He's like, that's a great idea. You should do it. So that's kind of how I got into the doc stuff. You know, I, I've always been like, I'm not a traditional editor, but like 
I've always been pretty good at making something out of nothing, you know, uh, and I feel like that's kind of ducks. <laughs> Did you did you study filmmaking or anything, or did you sort no. of naturally gravitate no. towards it? Yeah, I mean, when I was 11 years old, I just started borrowing my parents' camera, and we would just like redo like Mad TV skits, and you know, just like goof, like we'd put like pillows underneath our shirts and pretend we were fat, <laughs> you know, like just stuff like that, you know, just like <laughs> skits, you know. And I just kept doing it and doing doing, I guess it's like that 10,000 hour sort of thing. And I went to community college uh, for filmmaking, but I just started learning all like the technical words for the things I already knew and just got bored really fast. So I didn't continue. That's awesome though, dude. Like, you know, if you're naturally talented at something, you don't need to. It's not naturally. I just, I was just doing it since I was 11. Like I just kind of like me and my friends would goof around you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of insecurities I have uh, because I don't know proper ways of doing things that maybe filmmaking, like a, a film school would have went, like would have been good. But I don't know, there's a lot, like any school I looked to, it just seemed like there was a lot of pretentious people there. And I just like, I, don't, I, don't, I can't be around this, you know? Is that why you decided to run for mayor at 20 in your hometown? Yeah, so I am a huge Andy Kaufman fan, right? Okay. And uh, and I loved like the bits he would do. And when I was student council, I'm sorry, when I was in high school, I ran for student council president and I just thought it was funny to make campaign commercials. You know, like it was like something that would make me laugh and I just thought it was funny. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I can apply the same sort of thing, but like a real political office. I mean, I mean, it's a mayor. You're not getting paid for a small town. So, like, we kind of just did that. I would do, like, Andy Kaufman bits where, like, I would give milk and cookies to the press who came. I had my friends dress up in suits, and we were to they were Tommy's angels. They were my bodyguards. You know, and it was just, like, goofy, goofy stuff. We had a rap song. And it's just a lot of, like, fun, fun things. And that's actually why I stopped going to to college is because I was focused on my mayoral run. You know, I was on CNN. You know, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was it was it was fun stuff, and uh, yeah, I just I stopped going to school, and then after my rail run, I, I lost. You know, understandably, I knew that would happen, but we were like we were filming oh. it for a documentary. You know, like I was like, oh, I can make a movie out of this. I still like it's about like ten hours of footage, which is not really much, but I'll do something with it eventually. But um, yeah, I just I thought it was funny, and I didn't. And I tried to go back to school, and then when I started trying to register it was like it just took really long and i was like i have to get it <laughs> i always feel like school i always felt like school was for like doctors lawyers and suckers you know you want your doctors and lawyers to go to college but anyone else you know they can figure it all out <laughs> incredible i'm gutted you lost gutted <laughs> yeah it was, it was funny like i you know i have uh, i still have all the video of it especially the uh, news coverage was funny because at the time Arnold Schwarzenegger was running for governor of California so they would do these things they'd be like Arnold Arnold this like in local news you know Tommy you know 20 year old you know uh, running for mayor so it was always like it was a natural sort of segue incredible yeah oh absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah oh that's amazing but for you to move on to your career and start working on these documentaries you must have had a love for the art form along the way where did that come from 
Um, well, I, hopefully they are from, yeah, I mean, like I always watch documentaries, but like when I started making documentaries, docs, docs weren't the way we look at them now. You know, they're still like, you know, Morgan Spurlock and Michael Moore were really like the only names you knew in the game, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't like these Netflix sort of th shows now or any streamer where you got the, your true crime or whatever doc. Like, I mean, I loved wrestling documentaries. I love Beyond the Mat, you know, I love all these sort of things. So um, Confessions of a Superhero was still one of my favorite documentaries ever. But that's when, like, when it really started playing around with like interesting subjects where back then you're like, if it wasn't Morgan or, or Michael Moore, it would have been about like some war or some like, you know, some serious topic, you know, and docs weren't as fun. You know, there's only a couple of people doing that. Um, so probably it was like a small amount of, I remember, I remember it seemed super size me. I think Conan O'Brien had a documentary that kind of just came out. There was like a couple of different docs. Um, so my, my love was always just for the scripted movies. So we, you know, try to much do as much as what you would think a scripted narrative would be, but just in the doc space, you know? Hmm. Um, I mean, I am Santa Claus, which is my first documentary. was very, very much tailored after Beyond the Mat and Confessions of a Superhero. You know, Beyond the Mat, you're, you're watching, here's what you think of wrestlers, but now here's what they are when they're at home. You know, what, yeah. what's a, what's a real wrestler's life look like? And Confessions of a Superhero, my friend Matt made that. And it's all about the, the people who dress like Superman and Batman at Hollywood Boulevard and what they're really like so it's like it's very it was very much in this sort of same veins and that's sort of the formula I, I love doing is like taking something that you always see and you know just looking in a different way whether it's santa claus bill murray stories you know even even barney or more of a serious stuff my movie uh waldo and weed which was a, a friend of mine's son had eye cancer at six months old and they started uh using cannabis oil to counteract the results of the chemo you know, it's like where as many people would see, like, should a six-month-year-old be taking cannabis? You know, you're like, you, you think of it just as like a name and a paper, but we were able to tell the story of a family and what would what would a father do to save his son? So I feel like no I talked too long on that answer. No, you're good. You talk as much as you like, Tommy, honestly. We we talk fucking loads, so we nice. prefer it when the guest that goes on. So you want to ramble? You fucking ramble, all right? Um, <laughs> Um, I am. I'm, I'm first. Before I get into the Warden on Weed, I'm going to massively question the fact that you're a JAS fan. That's straight away. Uh, um, yeah, I love Jericho. Jericho I, is probably one of the biggest legends in the history of ever. I just can't get on with this with the society. I, is it, I don't know if it's because he's getting on so much now that he needs other people just to make him still look good. Maybe. Ooh, you oh, dude, he's got those abs now. He's crazy. Like Jericho's great. Like I, I'm, I'm friends with Jericho. Like, and uh, I text him when this, like, the Jericho Appreciation Society came out. I was like, dude, what a great idea, you know? And he's like, it's almost like I know what I'm doing, you know? I was like, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but no, Jericho's great. I, I I love him. He's I mean, talk about someone who just like does exactly what he wants, you know? Um. So yeah, and I also have so when Barney when Barney uh, I love you, you hate me came out. Um. That was my first like go at it with the big leagues. You know, I, all my other movies have been independently funded and put out that way. And this was the first time I worked with the network. So I bought myself the Eagle Belt uh, right there uh, from WWE. Uh, WWF. Oh. The best belt ever made. It is, right? Oh, 
Oh, there it is. It is the best championship ever. Should I, just, should I just hold on to it the whole time when we... Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I might change the way I talk. I might start cutting a promo. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do one of these when you're done? You just kind of... You know. <laughs> Kiss the belt before you put it down. <laughs> um, but no, the whole concept of the, of the uh, World War Weed sort of thing, like I think is fascinating in a way. Like I, I'm going to definitely go and try and find that now online after this. Um, yeah, it's I mean, on Documentary Plus. Oh, you know what? No, you, it's, um, we have it on iTunes over uh, in the UK. So... I'm, I think we have it on Amazon, iTunes, and Google, I think, over by you guys. Sweet. I'll, I'll find it, don't worry. Obviously, the, the natural way, the normal way, Tommy, I wouldn't, I yeah, wouldn't yeah, ever yeah. cheat you. Either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, like you said, like, what, how long, how far would a father go to save his son? I feel that people are like, oh, you shouldn't be giving kids this. You shouldn't be giving kids. Like, thanks for that, Internet Warrior. Like, I, I don't, I'm going to do what, you know, I see as necessary. Like, why? Should I be like, oh, do you know what? This person in the newspaper said that I shouldn't. So do you know what? We're not going to move. Sorry, guys. I don't you're, so far removed, you're so far removed when it's a, just like a word on a blog or a story like that, you know? So to like, you know, it's so funny. Like, and look, I, I don't smoke. Like, I'm not like a person that's always been like, oh, I love weed and all that sort of stuff. It, but like, to me, it's like, it was always just a story about like what a father would do to save his son. And it's inter- it was interesting to me to to talk to a couple different politicians who you know the side of the politics they are on would typically think they they would not be for cannabis you know but then once they get sick and they need something and there's that last resort is a cannabis they're like oh well maybe we should pass this it's it's nothing ever changes until like it personally affects you you know Hmm. and i found that to be very very interesting and like the thing about waldo is is funny because it's the doc that no one mentions about mine. You know, people always like, you know, Bill Murray and then Barney, you know, like, like there's like this yeah. gap. And like, Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg was our executive producer at premiere at Tribeca. Like the reviews were like great, you know, but it's like, it's my only doc that's like serious, but it's, it's actually I, my favorite one because it's like, I think it's the most well-made, you know, it's <clears throat> my friend, Brian was the father and he had like a flip cam. And he would just film himself throughout the whole process, not trying to make a documentary, but just like his own sort of therapy. And we just took that footage along with our own interviews and made this like story about it. So, and you know, Whoopi gave us great notes. So it was, it was great to put that together. Um, Opposed to like Bill Murray stories or Santa, it's like, there's like a, you know, Bill Murray, it's whatever, but like Santa was, we only followed them for a year. Like that movie is a document of a year. Whereas I might have only worked on Waldo for a year and a half, but Brian, the father, had been filming for four to five years. Mm. So you're seeing the story, like someone drastically before they had a child is different than when they had a child with cancer. And it's like, it's really interesting to see that growth within the character, you know? I'm almost scared to ask this, but how is Waldo now? Oh, he's fine. I, 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 I can't remember how old he is. Uh, I mean, this is not Dear Zachary. Don't worry. I'm not sure if you guys get that reference. It's a really depressing documentary. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a great movie, but depressing. Uh, but no, Waldo's fine. I don't know how old he is, but he's yeah, he's he's totally fine. He's so tall now too, and crazy. All these kids do this thing called growing. 
It's weird. <laughs> Nuts. Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> so, we, we briefly mentioned the I Am Santa Claus documentary. It was your first yeah. one. So I remember seeing this years ago when it first came out. But for those unaware, what, what is I Am Santa Claus about? Um, yeah, well, you know, you know, there's these mall Santas, uh, or, you know, people who dress like, or portray Santa Claus and have a full beard. And we wanted to know what family they went home to after Christmas. And what does their life look like when they're Santa Claus all year round? So we follow these five different Santas. There was a, a gay Santa. There was a guy illegally changed his name to Santa Claus. There was uh, a Santa Claus in Detroit, uh, who, you know, lost his job, got divorced, started living with his daughter and really found himself in a depression. But by being Santa, really lifted himself out of it. And then there's Mick Foley, uh, who is a professional wrestler who wanted to try being Santa for the first time. So we're, it's, we follow around this world of which these people are Santa. And we found like there's a Santa Claus that was in charge of a swingers club in Portland. You know, there's the amalgamated order of real bearded Santas, the fraternal order of real bearded Santas. It's a crazy story in that they're all human. We've all done these crazy things, but for that minute that they're with your kid, they're perfect, you know? And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's that magic of Christmas in that way. You know, like I, I was never a big Christmas fan, but, you know, making this doc, I got a little bit more, into the holiday because it is it is all about love and all this sort of people just trying to be better versions of themselves and it's yeah it was, it was a fun doc to make um yeah it came out 2014 so getting Mick Who? Foley for you also yeah no no go on I was gonna say getting Mick Foley for your first documentary that's nuts how did that come about did you just approach him or well, I try to put a wrestler in everything we do, right? Uh, and for, for years, we were like worked with Blue Meanie. We put Jim the Evil Nineheart in something, Al Snow, Tommy Dreamer. And when we were making this doc, we're like, well, how do you put a wrestler in a documentary about Santa Claus? You're like, how does that naturally, not casting, you know, how does that work? And uh, one friend is like, you know, well, Mick Foley's like real into Santa. He has a Christmas room in his house. Like it was like, it was written in his books that he has this Christmas room. So it was well known if you were like a big Mark uh, that he was a Santa Claus fanatic. So I reached out to Dreamer and I was like, is there any way you can introduce me to Foley? Uh, and he did, you know, and uh, and, and I had already been kind of like, I knew Barry Blaustein for a little bit because of a big fan of Beyond the Mat. Hmm. And when I wanted to make a documentary, I reached out to some of the, the doc directors that I, you know, that I was a big fans of. And they all got back to me because they're they're doc filmmakers. They're not like Steven Spielberg or anything like that, especially at that time, you know. So it was great to get like I was able to like pick the brains of all these people that I was fans of, you know. And and Barry uh, was helpful in some of the ways in which I'm like, oh, just like your your first time blues, you know, like how do you do this? How do you do that? Mm. So I think it was like with the help of Barry and then Dreamer, and then I worked with some of the boys before, you know uh it just worked out and and yeah mick liked it and then he was just really a subject until we bleached his hair white to be santa and then he came on as a producer like if like i'm in i'm in new jersey right outside philly so he would go to monday night raw in brooklyn and just drive over to my house and we'd edit all night you know he's like he's my son's first santa claus so he's like this like family friend now so it's it's great but yeah it just worked out by just 
if you know Tommy Dreamer, you know everyone, you know, and Dreamer's like the best. He's, he's been very helpful for me for my whole career. So that's incredible. Um, what what gave you the concept of I want to film something? Like what? Where was the general like? Just from seeing one in the mall? Yeah, yeah. We saw we me and my wife saw one in the mall, and I was just like, I wonder what home this guy goes home to. That was it. It was that was the question. Mental. And then you know when I ran into Morgan Spurlock and I told him about the idea, and he you know him him being this like big doc director, him saying that's a good idea, you should do that. It was kind of like enough sort of ammo that I needed, you know. Uh, yeah. And we we just started reaching out to different Santas on Facebook and sort of talking to them like 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 we would be talking here. I just call them up and like kind of interview them. And we we found our cast and we just we did a, a two kickstarters for that one. Um, that was on Netflix for three years. Uh, it's funny. Mick went to promote on the Daily Show when John Stewart was there. Hmm. Oh yeah, and, and Mick mentioned my name. And John Stewart, he's like, oh yeah, the director Tommy Avalone. And John Stewart was like, I, I don't make up names. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I thought that was funny. And I was in the green room. I didn't get to meet John though, but it was uh, it was cool. <laughs> I am real, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mick goes, he's in the green room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, like you say, you're a huge wrestling fan. That must be so surreal to see this guy you've got thrown off the top of the hell in the cell to then like be in your house editing. Dressing up as Santa it must be just like such a surreal moment. It is. It really, really is. And it wasn't until like I guess maybe last year when I think it was like Annie did that doc on him, and back to back he was on like Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast, and he just reminded me like how great Mick was. Not that I ever forgot it, but he just became like a friend, like a person that like we just talked about Santa Claus, and that's about it, you know. Um, and and you see all this like gruesome stuff he used to do. We're like, I always, I just remember texting him. I was like, man, I forgot how great you were, <laughs> or, or are really. But like just like his career, you know, was so great. And uh, because I I never met that Mick, you know, I I know the Mick that's like Santa Claus and does like stand up comedy and like you know he, Mick put out another book about he put a, a book out about his time of being Santa. Like I mentioned in it, you know, like it's just like. So that's like this really, really weird because it's like I just remember watching Monday Night Raw as a kid and him coming out and doing all these crazy things. And I never thought that he would like ever just like, you know, be at my house, you know, uh, pulling all nighters, editing, you know, and then go to the diner the next day. You know, so it's crazy. Nuts. Just, oh, just one of those just like pinch me moments. Yeah, absolutely. So, where do you get your ideas from for these docs? Because the subject matter is so varied. You know, you're going from conspiracy theories about Bill Murray to Barney the Dinosaur or whatnot. Where are you getting these ideas from? Yeah. Um, well, the doc, did you, did you guys see uh, the Barney doc yet? I no, it's I'm not available to... here. So. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I have to find out. It should be somewhat soon. I would hope so. But like, you know, the, the Barney doc isn't really a doc about Barney, but so much like um, exploring, like, why do we hate the things we hate, you know? And uh, I had watched this news broadcast from 1993. It was, um, they were covering a 1993 University of Nebraska Barney bashing event. It was at a college. 
And all these kids were like beating up dolls of Barney, ripping them up, throwing darts at them. And at the end, the newscaster goes, oh, that's the future of our country right there, you know? And I was like, oh, that, we're living in that future now. You know, I was like, I wonder if we can explore love and hate, but through Barney the Dinosaur. And that's kind of how we told the story. And even Bill Murray's stories, you know, you're taking these Bill Murray stories, but at the end, we're talking about like living in the moment and being present. Uh, Santa Claus. Yeah, look, these guys are dressed like Santa and one of them's drunk and one's a swinger. But we're talking about like identity and community and all that sort of stuff. So we try to make these sort of Trojan horse movies where, you know, you walk in with something shiny, Santa, Barney, Bill Murray. And at the end, you're like, I, I never saw that coming. It's like you think about something in a completely different way. Um, I don't I don't know. It's weird to think that like, where do I come up with them? But I just like walk, walk around, I think. You know, I just look at things, you know. Uh, Santa was just walking around the mall. Uh, Bill Murray was Blue Meaty, told me a Bill Murray story. And I was like, why does he do that? You know, it's always, I guess, asking the question why, you know. I love that. Is, is there any docs like you've had ideas for, but you couldn't make them for whatever reason that might be? Yeah, we tried to pitch this one about uh, why we romanticize the bank robber. You know, I, uh, I, I found out, yeah, I found out that like four people I knew had robbed banks and I instantly thought they were so much cooler, you know, like, so, uh, so we were trying to, we, I, I spent like a year developing this and it never happened, but I, 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 um, I talked to people in prison. I talked to people who were out of prison that robbed banks and different things. And I, yeah, I just wanted to do a doc about robbing. It was going to be called Every, everybody freeze. You know, and I thought that was such a clever name, you know, right? That's That's... amazing. Um, I've lost myself. Oh, there I am. So the Bill Murray documentary, obviously. Before that, you were the editor on Ghost Heads. The ghost oh, producer and editor, yeah. Producer, yeah. yeah. I knew, I I was close. I I, I did my research. I did both. I did both. Um, So you're half. So so that got you into the editing room. So like, is there anything you can't do? Well, I saw <laughs> a lot. A lot is the answer. But no, uh, well, so I edited, I edited Santa, I edited uh, Murray, I edited Waldo. I didn't edit Barney, but I'm editing this this house doc I did. I, I, I edited everything that I've directed except for Barney. Uh, and with Ghost Heads, it was just like, in so many ways, it felt like a sequel to Santa Claus because it's like, you know, it, you're just taking one fandom and removing it, you know, like you're following around these Ghostbuster fans, we were following around Santa's, you know, so um, Brennan Merton, so, it's kind of a long story, uh, how can I get that? Let's go for it, we've got time. We were, we, were film, we, were, we were filming Bill Murray stories, and I was like, oh, we should interview like Ghostbuster fans, because having done Santa, we were at New York Comic Con, and I ran into people who dressed like Ghostbusters. So I was like, oh, we should interview them. And in doing so, I found out there was this guy in Canada, Brendan Mertens, who was doing a uh, Ghostbusters fan documentary. So I told him, I was like, hey, dude, I was like, I am interviewing some Ghostbusters in New Jersey. Do you want me to film anything for your documentary? Uh, And if you ever come across Dan Aykroyd and Ivan Reitman, film stuff for me for Bill Murray stories. And we kind of like swap footage, you know, and like sort of like help each other out. That was like my initial idea. And then as soon as I interviewed this guy, Tom Gebhardt, who's a uh, New Jersey Ghostbuster. I was like, oh, I know how to tell the story. It was a lot like our Santa Russell uh, from Santa Claus. 
And so I told Brent, I was like, dude, if you need any help, I can I totally help you out with this movie. So he's like, yeah. So I was a producer and I just sort of edited the project uh, because I just knew how to tell that story. Uh, so I I paused on Bill Murray and went to do Ghost Heads. And then some people invested a little bit in Ghost Heads and we made their money back pretty fast. And they're like, do you have anything next that you want to do and like already had this footage of bill murray stories and we're like this and they're like let's do it and i've just been partners with that guy ever since amazing raymond esposito i should probably mention his name and not just say that guy (laughs) (laughs) what makes a laugh with the bill murray story though is that maybe it's just because we live on an island on the other side of the world but is there really that many conspiracy theories about Bill Murray? Like, am I missing something here? I get I get nervous when you keep saying the word conspiracy theory because conspiracy theory kind of comes with a negative uh, connotation nowadays. <laughs> you know, uh, urban legends is what we like oh, to yeah, call. We'll go with that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, some of them. I mean, I mean, we we flew all the way to London uh, to 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 do the one. Uh, the what didn't happen in London, but the guy lives in St Andrews at the time. Uh, we uh, the the dishwashing story. Bill Murray went to a, a house party in um, yeah St Andrews, right? Scotland, Scotland, right? Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah. So where did we film in London? I don't know, wasn't it? There's like a, there's a this is you feel free to cut this part out while I'm thinking. But we interviewed. <laughs> it wasn't in London, but it was like some like shore sort of town in London, maybe like two hours out. God, where would that have been? Bournemouth, Southampton, Brighton. Brighton. Uh, Brighton. Brighton. Yeah, yeah. So that's where the interview is, Brighton. So yeah. So yeah, so but like uh but that the kid the guy lived in Brighton, but he went to university at St. Andrews. And we yeah, we went all there because there was a just a, one picture and I I guess like 2012 where Bill Murray randomly went to a house party and just started cleaning people's dishes, you know, and like so so yeah, I mean like we over here get more Bill Murray stories because he lives out here, you know? Uh, but like, he's definitely gone in to at least Scotland, St. Andrews, because it's like the oldest golf range, you know? And there's like the, they always have the celebrities out there for the golf tournaments. And stuff. So that's why he's there. If there's golf or a movie premiere, there's going to be Bill Murray stories somewhere around those stories, you know? <laughs> I'm actually um, going to the Ghostbusters fire station in three weeks. I'm coming to, I'm going to New York in two weeks time. Uh- Oh, nice. So, are you, yeah. Are you coming just for that or? No, it's well, it's because me and the missus are going away for a week. Uh, but it just so happens that Monday Night Raw's in Brooklyn on the first night oh, I'm there. Nice. So I'm going to that, which is fucking sick. And then we're going to see the She wants to do Sex in the City. So I was like, well, I'll do Ghostbusters at the same time. Harry Street. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Really, I'm I just finishing up the documentary about people who live in famous houses. So, uh, so I'm very familiar with Perry Street, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's spot. Uh, yeah, the firehouse is great too. I was just at Raw 30 in Philly and it was great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've just watched that. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, but just for nostalgia. Yeah, Hogan comes out, Undertaker, you know. Uh, yeah. It was just Lesnar at the end. I wasn't expecting that was the best bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I don't, I don't like saying bad things about it, but I've never really felt, I, I guess Brock Lesnar's okay. Uh, but I, I just never liked the the big guys. You know, I'm like, I'm not a Goldberg fan, you know? Like, yeah, oh, God, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But 
before we talk about like what you're working on and promoting at the moment, I did want to touch upon the fact, like you mentioned with ghost heads, you know, you help other people make their own docs of producing them or what. And there's a standout one for me. And that's, this is Guar. Cause I remember we, we saw the trailer for it at Bloodstock music festival as Guar were about to go on stage. It's playing on the side of the stage. And as soon as I got home, I was like, I need to watch this goddamn documentary. And look at me, it was on Shudder over here. So I got to watch it. And it's amazing. It blew me away. How did you get involved with this project? Did did you already know of Guar and whatnot? I've been, so the great thing about Guar is I knew them, of them, from uh, Empire Records. Mm. And, you know, and and like, you know, when Bam, Bam show, you know, like they would just pop up on these things every once in a while but i didn't know nothing about them as a band you know i just knew them as these things these crazy characters uh but scott barber is the director and his first documentary was this documentary called the orange years which is like the beginning years of nickelodeon and uh i kind of like helped from afar on that movie like i i at the time was producing a documentary that was like i never finished this stuff it was like similar in um, IP, you know? So like, I didn't want to have two docs that were like similar, but I really liked what he was doing and I knew how I could help out. Like I pointed him like with a, a producer that I knew was like, oh, th- this producer would be perfect for you. And I just, I helped him get like Mark Summers and Donkey Lips and a couple other people on the things. So I just kind of like helped from the sidelines um, just because I wanted to see the movie get made. And we were just talking and he's like, oh, I got this other idea for my next movie about Guar. I was like, oh, I'm in, you know, like I just, I love, I love the idea of Guar having never seen them play or any of that sort of stuff. Just these small little uh, areas of what I knew them by. I just wanted to know more, you know? So I was able to help like with like Alex Winter and like Ethan Ombre and uh, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, Bam's in the movie for a minute, but uh it was cool. You know, uh, I, I'm really happy the way that turned out. You know, uh, we premiered at, oh my God, did we premiere at? But that is like a the Austin sort of a horror movie festival. I forget what it's called. The one thing I took away from it, which I didn't, I wasn't expecting to be so much emotion. Oh, well, that's the key, man. You gotta, you gotta get people crying. But you, you, don't know what, you don't watch a documentary about Guar and think, I'm feeling really emotional right now. It's it's it's. <laughs> well, I mean, you just you, I like to think a lot of our docs, even if I didn't direct them and I just produced them, they're uh, you know they have that sort of heart in that you remind people that they're all human. Mm. You know, uh, especially like with the Waldo story. You know, it's like human people went through this. You know, and Guar, it's these aliens and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but they're really people doing this stuff. And I think a lot of times people just forget that people are human beings, you know? And yeah. I think our docs sort of remind people that that's what this thing is. Even like Santa Claus, it's like, here's a stranger that's in your family photo every year, but like, what's he doing for the rest of the time? You know, we forget about that guy, you know? Um, so it's, yeah, it's just reminding people that they're human and in human stories comes things that you connect with and get emotional about. I love that. I, I love the fact you do that in all your docs. Like you say, no matter what the story is, there's that human emotion, there's that connection. It's great. No matter what the no matter what the concept or the story about it is, it's it's amazing that you do that. Because I'm just embarrassed that I can't remember where we premiered. 
Um, so I'm like looking it up. I'm trying to like, how would I look up my own thing? <laughs> I don't know, man. It was like some, here it is. Uh-huh. No, I, I can't tell. I see right. the laurels, but it's not, it's not big enough. <sighs> All right. Oh, well, the, you keep talking. I'll, I'll find it. <laughs> I just love how much it's bugging you. <laughs> like, I need to know this before I can move on. But um, you were in. So you did you, you did movies before you did documentaries, right? Because I've got here booted, mancation, calendar girl, etc. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're uh... okay. Miss December is good. Fantastic fest. Boom. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it feels better now. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, Buddha never got done. Just a case of like independent filmmaking stories. Uh, but uh, Mancation is something I really don't brag about. Okay, fine. <laughs> but, but, but Miss December turned out good. You know, uh, Kevin Smith released that for us. Gilbert Godfrey is in it. Corbin Bernson. Um, it's, it's a fun, dark comedy, you know? Uh and what it, what it was was like I wanted again like I wanted to be Kevin Smith, and but I wasn't feeling like directing was where I was shining at the moment, you know. Um, so I was like, well, let me see what I these skills I have in putting things together. Could I be using them for other people's stuff, you know? Um, and I think Miss December was the better of those na- movies you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, especially since one of them you can't even it's not done. It's never going to be done. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so yeah so like i mean i definitely would love to like get back into scripted space you know I, i've toyed around with the idea of like doing like a short you know doing the sort of uh what's it called the um you know you you, you just just do a short film first kind of fix whatever problems you might have and then to make the narrative you know like napoleon dynamite did that and um super troopers guys did that it's the um i'm just trying to think of the one director i'm blanking guys i'm sorry finding my so uh, good. the power of editing tommy the power of editing you're all good <laughs> i should i should have had a couple of for it. uh who uh, duplass duplass brothers mark duplass had a great uh speech at one of the south by events and he was talking about how like you know you make the short and then you do the feature and all sorts of stuff so i've been thinking about it but you know uh as we're i'm finishing up the the houseless documentary i'm producing this other doc that's uh we're just gonna start working on it soon but then also like just pitching the new thing that I would direct. Uh, I think the scripted things are down the road, but it's something I still want to do, you know? Definitely. That's a, yeah, the door's not fully closed. No, no, no. Especially I'll just know not to do it with my friends because I'm not good at it. They'll be the first ones to admit it, so I'm not going to say anything about it. <laughs> and they won't listen to the podcast, so it's fine. <laughs> When I, when I was looking through the films that you'd worked on, the scripted films, one thing that surprised me, because I was a huge Jackass fan growing up, and I've never heard of Living Will. Oh. Ryan Dunn and Bam Margera in this. I was like, how have I never heard of this? Yeah, well, I was very, I did very, 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 very little on that one. Uh, I'm just an associate producer. But yeah, Ryan Dunn, you know, because like for where I am is about 40 minutes from Westchester. So it's like we are always this sort of like, closeness to it and two friends of mine uh roy and joe they worked on uh viva bam and i think like a smaller way and they had this like their own production company and they wrote a script called living will and 
you know, Ryan was just really ready to act and was into it. And like, he's just so funny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and they just, they put that together. Bam did like a small, small cameo. Uh, but it's really like a Ryan Dunn vehicle, you know? And uh, yeah, I was able to help out just by getting a couple things going for them. That's about it. But yeah, it turned out good. I, I guess, I guess you can get on Amazon. I, I that's God. I I I haven't thought about that movie in a long, long time. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have I have a copy of it downstairs. I have like a video store down my basement. So that's what I'm trying. I was trying to visualize where it was. You know. Nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hunt it down because I was like, why have I not seen this? Yeah. Well, let's see. I looked up Fantastic Fest. Let's see if we can look up uh, Living Well. <laughs> I bet my friend is Well, oh, because no Lionsgate released it, so it's gonna be. I don't know where it would be over with you guys, though. Yeah, we don't get anything over it on oh, Netflix, Disney Plus, everything. It's all shit over it compared to yours. All right. Yeah, you get. Well, so does it? Do you, do do you? Because like I don't, I can't play PAL, but like, can you guys? You don't have any like NTSC sort of stuff, do you? Uh, I don't think so anymore. No. I remember you used to have oh, test region you, you, DVD players back in the day, but oh, do the regions not count anymore? I don't think so. Oh, really? On consoles, on consoles, I don't. Oh, know, I don't. consoles, yeah, yeah. You find I'm an adult and I have a Blu-ray player. I don't have a next pack or a, <laughs> uh, a PlayStation or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can get the DVDs on Amazon. I'm gonna have to have a look for that. Amazing. So I can only imagine, like, you've learned some amazing facts and information that you probably had, like, no idea about in your career making these docs. Are there any, like, standout things that you've learned? You've just gone, what the, what? This is a thing? Right, right. Oh, uh, what are some things? Uh, well, you know, I mean, I have a, I have an associate's degree in Santa Clausology. Uh, so I know a lot of, <laughs> and uh, sadly, my, uh, my highest educational degree uh so yeah i know a lot about santa's i know a lot about how to rob a bank um <laughs> perfect uh, together i'm just saying yeah i knew <laughs> i knew a lot about cannabis for a minute but i feel like i instantly forgot that because it, it's like i just with the cannabis stuff it's like it's so science stuff so it's like i knew it for like a month or two and then just i let it all release you know i didn't need it anymore um it's amazing how many weird things I do know, but none of them are coming to my mind. I know a lot about famous houses right now. Uh, there's this <laughs> one, there's one, one block in South Pasadena, California, that it's see, it's um, it's Biff's house from Back to the Future, right? Mm. And then if you watch Back to the Future too, you know how he kicks the ball on the the roof of that one house? Yes. In Austin, just say yes it's, it doesn't matter yes so that that's luke wilson's house from um um luke wilson's house from um old school old school yeah oh, from old school. this is the first luke wilson film i thought of that yeah. well <laughs> so yeah so there's here's your ending right so uh that was luke wilson's house from old school and then right next to that is lorraine's house from back to the future which is also the same house as Teen Wolf, like that movie. Uh, and then a couple houses down is George McFly's house. And then a couple houses down over there is the house from Ghost Dad. And if you go directly across the street, there's the house from 30-something, which is like an old show that you may not remember. But it was like, 
It's like all these things on one block. It's just crazy. Do people actually live in them? Oh, yeah, yeah, they all do, yeah. yeah. Do you reckon the people are there going, like, get off my lawn! What are you yeah, doing? Well, I mean, like, yeah. We, yeah, I mean, not so much that street, because they, they appreciate it there. But, like, Goonies uh, and Breaking like, the Walter White House from Breaking Bad, they have really poor relationships with the ha- uh, their fans because the um, fans from Walter White used to throw pizza on the roof because of uh, season yeah. three, you know? <laughs> But like I'm so into the houses thing right now. Like I'm editing it, and uh, I had a dream last night that I was in the Boy Meets World house. You know, just filming. Like, that was my dream, and I was like so into it. I was like, because yes, I've always wanted to go to that house, but they never responded back to me. But I was watch. I was rewatching Donnie Darko. Do you guys see that movie? Great. Film. Nope. Confusing as fuck, but it's a great film. Yeah. So I was watching it, and I looked at the house. It's like that house looks very familiar. You know, I was like, I wonder where that really is. And the street that it's on, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, that's a three-minute walk from the Ferris Bueller house. So, like, my mind was being blown that <laughs> that these houses live in the same area. So, in theory, because Donnie Darker was based in the 80s. So, Donnie Darker and Ferris Bueller could have really gone to the same school or some of the – well, no – not the same school because Donnie Darko uh, went to like a Catholic school or at least like a private school and Ferris Bueller went to public. So they had to know the same people, you know? So <laughs> these are the things I think about. That's incredible. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love the sound of this house's stock. I'm so excited to be able to see it. But where did the idea come from? It's such a random subject choice. We just, like, I just, lo- I used to always, you know, go, I love like, you know, being, I think I've mentioned Kevin Smith multiple times now, but like, you know, I was not too far away from my nice. What was the tattoo? The silhouette of Kevin with his signature underneath it. Oh, nice. It's a bit more good to do that. But I've been to his house twice. Oh. Uh, and we I peed in his bathroom and I thought, I was like, I bet J-Lo has been on this toilet before because Ben Affleck. <laughs> like, That's a good point. Have, you know, and my like one of my favorite moments of being in his house is like when he like, he it was me, my wife, and Mick Foley leaving his house, and Kevin's like gave us directions on how to leave. And I just thought, this guy that I've like worshipped my whole life is like giving directions to leave. I, I don't know why that was funny to me, but like there was this very well, very funny. Well, anyway, with so Mick Foley. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, so I used to always go to like the Quick Stop and all RST, and like you know you do all those things and you. Yeah, you pull the milk out and all that sort of stuff. So I always had this thing for famous houses or famous locations, you know? And, you know, I grew up in the Philadelphia area and where, like, I'd walk by the Liberty Bell or George or Ben Franklin's grave or George Washington's. I couldn't care less about any of these, like, things. (laughs) Then when I lived in California, I was like, wait, I live 10 minutes from the the Wonder Years house? You know, like, are you kidding me? Like, I I could trick-or-treat at the Nightmare on Elm Street house if I wanted to, like, it was crazy to think of that stuff. So I, I just thought, like, what what must it be like to live in one of these houses? And I'm not sure if you're ready for all these name drops, but I was at this this party with John Stamos once, and uh, <laughs> and I was talking to him, and he knew that I want I wanted to talk to like we were talking about stuff, and he knew I had this thing for famous houses. Uh, so he introduced me to Jeff Franklin who created Full House, but at the time owned the Full House house, right? So he introduced me to Jeff and I was like, Jeff, I was like, I've been wanting to do this documentary about famous houses. You live in 
Full House House would love to talk to you. So he set it up where like we traded information and we had lunch at his house. Now he at the time lived at the the Charles Manson murder house. What? Oh my god. <laughs> you know Sienna Drive? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So that house he bought that house, knocked it down, and built this mansion, right? So we had lunch in the spot. So like he owned like these two, the two most infamous houses in the whole entire world, two for completely different reasons, right? So I, I just I told him what I wanted to do, and he's like, Well, I'll be in San Francisco in like a couple weeks. If you want to just meet me there, we can film the full house house. So like we went there, he let us in, we interviewed him all about the full house house, all that sort of crazy stuff. And we tried to take that material and pitch it as a show, but no one wanted it. I was like, you know, forget this. I don't need anyone's permission. I'll just make it as a doc and, and just do it myself. You know, so that's what we did. And I, I filmed like 13 different houses when I lived out there. Um, we sold Barney. I was mainly, mainly focused on that. We were a pandemic move back family. So I'm back in New Jersey and we just finished up filming the rest of it. And now I'm just wrapping it all up. Like I, we just filmed the Goonies house because the new owner bought it. But other than that, we're, we're all done filming, you know, and just just putting it together. And I can tell you, we've been to Full House, Golden Girls, Friday, Pee Wee Herman, American Pie, Can't Hardly Wait, Strode's House from Halloween, Old School, Silent Lamb, Silence of Lambs, Uncle Buck, Roseanne, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, Home Alone Neighbors, because we couldn't get in the Home Alone house. We talked to the neighbors. <sighs> Sixth Sense, Twilight, Short Circuit, Goonies, Jesse's Mansion from Breaking Dead, Bad, Outsiders, Christmas Story, and Miss Doubtfire. Oh, oh, yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire. I've Say the best to last. <laughs> oh, so we, we didn't go into that when we talked to the old owners. But what's so funny about the old owner is he was a very well-known um, uh, uh, plastic surgery doctor, or he was – he. He like um, he used to make men's faces into women's. Like the, he 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 patents some sort of thing, and that's like was his main profession. And like so he's like, oh, I gotta buy the Miss Doubtfire house. <laughs> yeah, because like that, <laughs> you know. I thought that was just gonna be like a weird coincidence, but no, he was like, this is my job. I need to own the Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. Like he was like recently divorced, right? And he was looking for a house in San Francisco. Uh, and he's like, well, if that house is for sale, I've been. Yeah, he liked it. He thought it was funny. He got the bit, you know? That's amazing. But how do you get in touch with these people? Because you don't exactly know who lives there. So, how well, so you... that's a tough one. Because I was developing a documentary about bank robbers, I had this <laughs> service I paid for called Truthfinder, uh, which is you pay like $30 a month. I, I don't think this is with you guys. It's just US stuff. But like, um, it was, you pay us $30 a month and you, you look people's information up. You know, so um, for bank robbers, I would try to find them by name. Uh, with this, it's like, well, I know where the address for Miss Doubtfire is. You know, I was, and you can just find people's records. Um, and it, so I would find their email and all that sort of stuff. If that didn't work, and sometimes it didn't, you know, um, I would just write them a letter. You know, I would write them a letter to the house and try to make like some fancy, like, you know, a uh, letter with like a fun stamp, a fun colored uh, envelope. And, uh, you know, there's a couple, some of the people just wrote back to letters, you know? That's awesome. awesome. I think people still do that. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yo, yeah. I don't really, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Right. So right. vinyl was, came back. <laughs> <laughs> it was true. Like, but like, yeah, some, some people answer emails, some people ask letters. Um, 
the peewee house they were renovating i just left my card to the workers and they gave it to the, the person uh and you know some people just didn't get back to me you know I, I i really wanted to go to the boy meets world house i really wanted to go to wonder years house but it just didn't work out i was That's gonna say was there any like you were desperate to get to but you couldn't get to but... or you just were desperate but i wanted to like this is like a fan you know like i i don't know how much i could talk about this so, so i found like i found out who owns the freddy krueger house and i found out that a friend of mine knew that person but that person oh. was like but that person was like a well-known she was she was a director and i was like there's no way she would want to do it because like no she's like just no one's she's not gonna be like this is where i live you know like so yeah. <laughs> you know so i couldn't uh i couldn't get into that and i didn't know i knew him well but i didn't know her at all but i just knew like you know of some of her films but i wanted to get i wanted to go there uh, but she sold the house anyway. But like th- that would have been cool, and Wonder Years and Boy Meets World would have been cool. But like I just, it's just funny for me to have like peed in so many famous houses, you know? Like, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's a thing I never thought I could brag about. But you know, you love- don't need the bathroom because like, can I use the toilet while I'm here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I always have to pee. I'm always drinking water and all that sort of stuff so it's you know you're traveling all these places to go to, uh all this distance to go to some of these places but like uh yeah full house was the funniest because we you know we were just there and like jeff doesn't really live there so he just kind of was like letting us do whatever we wanted uh and it was so weird like walking out of that house was like like a backstreet boy walking out of like those the jet and they're like music videos like I, you, I just open it up and there's just people already on the, the steps and they don't want to move, you know, like, like, I, yes, I don't live there, but they don't know that. Like I'm literally walking out of the house. You would think they would get out of the way, but no, they didn't, you know? So it's just like, it's just crazy. There wasn't a time when I looked out the window, there wasn't at least one person outside taking a photo. That is nuts. About. <laughs> Talk of the boy meets world house. I couldn't imagine living next to my head teacher when I was a kid. Like hell no. Wait, was that in the boy meets world? Obviously, he lives next door to his. Is it his head teacher? Isn't it? Principal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Principal, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Head teacher. Yeah, sit British. Sorry, I apologise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, prince, principal. Yeah, um, but I, all I remember from boy meets world, I used to love it when I was younger. And all I remember is his older brother Eric's been like, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, what's so funny is like, I, that show took place in Philly. I was from the Philadelphia area. My principal was my neighbor and my best friend would get into trouble all the time. So like, I like completely like connected with that show in such a way. Uh, so like, I'm really enjoying listening to like the pod meets world uh, podcast. I actually, when Waldo and we played Tribeca, there was a, a Tribeca party in Beverly Hills someplace and Ryder Strong was there. And I was like, I gotta get my picture. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big fan of Ryder Strong. Kevin Fever, come on. That's amazing. Incredible. So obviously you said you're working on the editing and everything now. Have you got an idea of a release date or do you still um yeah, we just you know, I was I was thinking about to rush rush editing for some festivals and stuff like that, but I know we're gonna self-release this one because we just we just know enough about like the independent scene world it's like well it doesn't make sense to go to any sort of like smaller uh, spot was released ourselves so it's all a matter like i was gonna try to race for like submission deadlines but i also feel like i'm too old for that nowadays you know like uh like it's just a lot of work 
Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it, it will either be probably middle of 2023 or the beginning of 2024. It all depends when we finish it. And we would like to have like a big premiere. Mm. And we just have to figure out strategically, like, does that make sense? Should we wait for a festival or should we just play it somewhere like in New York or like Kevin Smith's theater or something like that? Like, so we just all figured all that stuff, you know? So it's just trying to figure out the, the game plan. So it's either middle of 2023 or beginning of 2024. Amazing. I can't wait to be able to watch it. It sounds amazing. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it feels very much like Bill Murray's stories too. Uh, you know, because it's like Bill Murray's stories was like, you know, these sort of vignettes that all were glued together that at the end made a point, you know, and mm. this is like, you know, it's somewhat like that, you know, you're, you're starting with the peewee house and going into like Jesse's mansion from breaking bad. Uh, and then there's one house called, it's called the Rubio house. Cause it's like on Rubio street in Altadena, California, but American pie was filmed there. Uh, can't hardly wait. Uh, this is us cheaper by the dozen, like all your, like all your, show like cis or nci whatever all like all those shows were there uh always sunny in philadelphia shot there ghost whisper shot there it's like she's just going through the house and like this shot there this shot there so it's it's just crazy to see like this one location in so many different movies and tv shows so that's awesome yeah it's so cool i didn't even think about that a lot of these houses just get reused over and over yeah again. they totally do and it's uh, you know like what's and some of them is like it's crazy to think of what appears in like there's that iconic scene in Halloween where like Michael Myers is like by the bushes, mm-hmm. you know there's that reverse shot where you see um, uh, Laurie Schrode, you know um, and Jimmy Lee Curtis and one of the houses behind her is the house from that uh, uh, M- Mama's house. Remember that show Mama's house? Name sounds familiar, but I can't think of it. Is a movie big on this house? Huh? Is it is it the from the movie with um, Martin Lawrence, Big Mama's House? No. Uh, oh, no, Mama's House. Yeah, okay. Um let's see here. <laughs> let's see I'm showing my showing uh, okay. my uh, my ignorance. Sorry about that. Uh no, it's it, you know, it's I can't share my screen. Here, I'm just gonna take a picture and I'll show it on my phone. You probably will never know what this is, but like no, I've never. Yeah, seen no, that. that's not. <laughs> well, then the joke's not funny. Cut it out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's this old show. Uh, it had a bunch of people dressed like they're older, um, and it's just funny to think that that house is in the background of Halloween. To <laughs> it's not where you'd expect that to be. No, <laughs> right. Well, it's just it's just you know, and like. And was it? I think it's. Like, I'm almost positive of this. I have to recheck it because I haven't ended the scene yet. But Rob Zombie's Halloween, that house mm. is is Michael Jordan's house in Space Jam. What? Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell! I, yeah, that's that's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> that, that might be my favorite one so far. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's weird how that stuff happens, you know. Do you do you get like and right, much- right next to that house? Is the house from Liar Liar? Like it's right next to oh, a water film. Yeah, I love that film so much. Yeah, it's incredible. Oh wow! I mean, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you get like much backlash from your documentaries at all? Like people being like, 
have like having a go or being like, oh, why, what, you know, what's this? Like, especially with the Barn of the Dinosaur one. Um, backlash. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I remember when Ghost Heads played Tribeca, people were upset that we like focused like on one guy, and some like idiot was like, it shouldn't be called Ghost Heads. It should be called Ghost Head. And like they were, because and they were just like really like upset that like we were following around this one person and not them. So I just sent them a link to a camera on Amazon. I said, "Make your own goddamn movie." You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I get so mad about that stuff. But like, um, Barney, maybe maybe some people. I don't know. I don't. If I, if they did, I don't really. I guess I don't pay too much attention to it. The only thing I ever stuck out was like. The only thing I stuck out was like the ghost heads thing because I was like, I just remember being so angry about that, you know, like yeah, in history. That's why that is just well, any we got like some grief from that movie, and it was anyone who was upset about it was just upset they weren't in it, you know. Uh, and so it's like it was very obvious. Like I remember, like we so we played a work in progress of that movie in at Tribeca. And this one woman was like, don't you feel like there should be more women in in your movie? It's mostly men. I was like, absolutely. I was like, actually, we're going to be adding this other scene with this other lady and all that sort of stuff. And I had I told her like the storyline that we we're going to put in there. And she's like, yeah, but what about others? And I was like, do you mean your daughter, who's also a Ghostbusters fan? And it's like, that's that's what you're really asking, you know? So it's just, it's it's funny when you can like strip away like and find the intention of the question, you know? Um, yeah, I think because a lot of people like to hate online, don't they? A lot of people like to complain rather than praise and be like, "Yeah, this is absolutely." A lot of people love to go online, and be like, "Oh my god, this is awful!" Blah 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 blah, like being yeah. keyboard warriors. Well, yeah, we we hit up on some of that stuff in Barney, and like you know, I think my favorite thing when I was reading like some of the tweets about Barney is like, you know, I think a lot of people will see that and go, "Oh, it's just going to be a documentary about Barney," but it gets intense. You know, and uh, my favorite tweets were like people going, "This Barney Doc's crazy," <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like I just love that. But like I, I just like you know we talk about hate in that, and we we interview a uh, former neo Nazi, you know, so like we it goes it goes it goes there, you know, and I think <laughs> I think some people if you talk about like backlash, might have people thought like some things we were saying could have been a stretch, you know, but what are you gonna do, you know? Well, well, yeah, you can't I- win them all. Exactly. I think I worded my question. One of my favorite tweets, I, and I think I saved the picture. It's a, yeah, let's see. It's one of my favorites. Hold on. You know it's good when you screenshot it to keep it. That's a, that's a, you know, you've got a good tweet there. Yeah, so um, it says, well, this talk, this Barney documentary is taking quite a turn, right? And it just has a screenshot from the movie. Yeah. And it's just, it's just her saying, uh, I'm a former neo-Nazi white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> Amazing. I know you're still working on the current documentary, The Houses, but I know how creative brains work when we're, when we talk to people on this show. Do you have an idea of what you want to work on next? Are you already working on something else? Yeah, well, I, I just printed out my vision board today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a couple of things we're pitching. You know, there's, a, there's one that I'm producing that we're starting, but we haven't announced yet. Um, and a couple things that uh, you know I'm either up for or pitching. So, yeah, I mean, I should be done the houses in a couple months, and in that time, we'll hopefully have you know the next thing set up or whatever. 
But yeah, there's a couple different things that like feels like very Barney like uh, that we're gonna be like kind of going down that avenue. Um, so yeah, this is fun stuff, you know. Uh, I, I I tried I, I want to do a doc on like kids bowling because it's like crazy intense like uh, stuff because my son just got into bowling, but that seems like an idea that's harder to sell, you know. Like it's not like Barney the dinosaur and you're interviewing. <laughs> Lose clues and uh, Bill Nye, you know. I'm surprised you haven't wanted to do a wrestling documentary, being such a big fan. Well, I mean, I do have a lot of wrestling in it. I, I tried to pitch an Andy Kaufman documentary focusing on his wrestling angle in Memphis. Like, that was the closest I got to doing a wrestling documentary. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's like, sure, I would love to do that. Like, I was trying to. When a &E was doing uh, their wrestling things, I was trying to go out for the Rowdy Rowdy Piper doc because I was like, I'm perfect for that because I just love heels, you know? Um, and Piper's in Santa Claus. So it like it just totally made sense for me, but they did not agree. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I could do something with that stuff, but it's like, yeah, I would love to do one on uh, Jericho, but like I know Jericho doesn't really want your typical sort of doc, like he was born here. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. So you know, maybe there's something in the future, but like, I don't think I could ever do like a straightforward wrestling talk. It'd have to be something like that, sort of touches wrestling, but not all the way. You know. I, I'm so excited to see what you're working on next. Because like I say, every time I look at one of your projects, I'm like, I want to watch that. That sounds amazing. Uh, I want to watch that. I appreciate so that. I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. Before we let you go, Mr. Stevens, do you have any more questions for our wonderful guest? I do. I have two. Uh -oh. Tommy. Who's winning the Royal Rumble? Ooh. That is not a quick answer. So I want Sami Zayn to win. Yes. Yes. I'm, 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 a, I'm afraid. Like, does The Rock come back and then do the Rumble? Is that what's going to work? Because it, that would be, I as much as I love The Rock, it's like, it's sort of like you get The Rock and Brock Lesnar beforehand and Edge. Like, you want, like, a guy that's going to win the belt for the first time. Like you want that Daniel Bryan or that Kofi Kingston. Oh, Kofi never won the rumble, but like, you know, you want that sort of like thing. And since there's only one champion now, it's like, you only have one moment at that, you know, like I want to see the rock and uh, Roman Reigns as much as the next guy. But like, I want to, I would love to see Sami Zayn or like Kevin Owens or a Cody Rhodes win the belt at mania for the first time so i don't know i i i would love it to be sammy but i don't think that would be the case what no, do you sammy, i sammy saying i i as much as i want cody to, i don't want cody i think cody winning is too obvious do you know what i mean it, i think i think a lot of people would see that coming if you know what i mean yeah whereas if, if could you imagine the crowd reaction if Sami Zayn wins the title at Mania. Could you imagine that roof will disappear? <laughs> yeah. So, like, so Cody needs to win at some point because he's amazing. But yes, I Sammy agree. Is, Sammy is so homegrown in the way Daniel Bryan and Kofi, you would just have men in their 40s crying. Yeah. You yeah. know, I know I would. I cried when Kofi Kingston won. I was like tearing, like just like sobbing. I was like, I'm so proud of this kind that I've never met. <laughs> you know? It, I mean, I was not, I'm a massive, massive Daniel Bryan fan. So I was just gutted, yeah. absolutely gutted. Um, obviously, watching him in AEW is just phenomenal. Um, okay. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing. It's insane. Anyway, tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, it is tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot wait. Uh, Lastly, 
when you first started out, you know, wanting to pursue a career, filmmaking, doing documents, etc., did you ever think that this is where you would be today? Well, do you think where I'm at is in a good spot? I think you're smashing it. I think okay. I, I, I think you can only go further more than anything. But yeah. I mean, like pissing at Kevin Smith's house, hanging out with Mick Foley, having Al Snow, Tommy Dreamer, and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like just really mental, like hanging out with Bill Murray and all that sort of like it just. I never hung out with him. I, I've been in the same room with him, but he has no idea. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> But no, um, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, you know, there was definitely visions of what I wanted to be, and I'm not there yet, but I'm also very comfortable in where I am now, you know? Okay. But it's, it's weird. Like, I just, like, because I always wanted to do scripted stuff, and the docs, like, I just fell in love with making the docs, and the docs' life is just different than a scripted one, you know? Like, I think, like, a, I think there's a lot of projection. Like, I remember, like, I'm not sure if you guys ever followed like indie hip hop at one point, but like, do you know like Cage or Sage Francis or ASAP Rock or any of those guys? I know ASAP well, Rocket, yeah. Okay, so like you'd follow like these guys, like, and you go, oh, they must be so successful and all that sort of stuff, but they're just like hustling it and struggling it, struggling, you know, because they're an indie artist, you know. And I think of like with me, and where it's like, I'm like, oh, I, I think I'm in that spot where they were, where it's like. You know, I don't think anyone knows who I am, I think, but the people knows the, the work I've done, you know, and but like, it's not like, I can just be like, oh, what's next, you know, it's like, there's like, it's like, a, it's like, I almost have a go on job interview, like every like year and a half, two years, and I hate job interviews, you know, so it's like, I'm happy exactly where I am, but like, it just, I guess I never pictured this part of it, but like, I think I still have room to be to where I'm, I guess I pictured. I don't know. I think I got a little too serious for you. Here's a, here's a question for you. So when you watch the Royal Rumble, I'm going to be watching it at eight o'clock. What time will you be watching it? Because it's it got this has to be right in the morning. A bit one a.m. So I'll be watching it Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So you don't you're not watching it live. So you're just away from social media. Oh yeah. I'm 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 unfortunately I've got to, we're going to a spa day for the morning. So I've got to, I'm going to leave my phone at home. I'm not taking it with me at all. Because yeah. I told my other half, I was like, you have no, because she's not a wrestling fan. I was like, you have no idea how much I cannot see any results. Like, it's just, this is the best event of the year, in my opinion. And the Royal Rumble is the greatest. I love it so much. Yeah. And so, you guys, do you guys have the WWE Network out there or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because we're on Peacock. So we don't have the network. Yeah. We, it gets promoted, but I have no idea. We, we don't have it here. So it's like we don't yeah. have Hulu. And I see Hulu get promoted everywhere. It's like we don't have that here either. Huh. Interesting. But yeah, uh, when I lived in LA, it was great. I was like, Monday Night Raw at 5 p.m. sounds great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's 1 a.m. here. It's, it's, we have to watch it the next day. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's three hours as well. So, four, and I'll be sat at 4 a.m. like, I've got to be up for work in three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, hell no. Before we let you go, though, do you have any plugs, social media's website you want people to go check out? Um, yeah, just I guess my name is uh, is mostly I I I, li- I live more and more on Instagram than anything, but like uh, it's Tommy Avalone A V A L L O N E and then number three, um, that's my Instagram. But yeah, the, but but the website's Double Windsor Films, but like they just all tag to, I guess the INDB links. You know, there's not really like, who really has websites anymore. It's just kind of banks so that way I can use like the email address. <laughs> <laughs>
Beautiful. Tommy, thank you so much for your time, my thank friend. Thank you guys. Really it's so great it. talking to you guys. I, Absolutely. You know, talking to anyone with a British accent is so wonderful. It's so charming. It's so It feels like I'm intelligent just by proxy. So it's, <laughs> it's soothing. So, yeah. Enjoy well, please. Yeah, look after yourself. Enjoy your pizza, my friend. Take care of yourself. Thank you. See you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Just superb. And any man that tells us that its mission in life is to pee in as many celebrities' bathrooms as physically possible is a hero in my eyes. Absolutely. This is incredible. I also want to reiterate, I was not throwing shade at Chris Jericho, okay? The man's a legend, a God-given <laughs> talent entertainer. He's unbelievable. But I was merely the fact that I just don't like the JS. That's a, that's all, it was almost like just a bit of banter. Uh, but I think it took it a little bit personally. I didn't mean it that way. I just, you know, Jericho forever will get anything over because that's how great he is. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to reiterate that before people start having to go. <laughs> and we also hope that you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. Tommy, thank you so much. It's the Stevens. Yeah. It's all due to participation time. Participate, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's Participation Challenge. This week, I said, ah, can't be bothered to cook tonight. Let's order in. This week, I'm asking, what is your go-to takeaway order? And I don't mean Chinese, Indian, chippy, etc. We want to know, what are you ordering? Let us know what you order. What say you, Mr. Stevens? I will order. If we're going to say order all the time, let's order. order. Um, yes, I, I will be in the Indian section and I'll be going for butter chicken with keema rice, keema naan, um, pilau rice. No, keema rice, I said. Hang on, I forgot my order. Two lots of rice. Butter chicken, keema rice, keema naan, papadums, prawn, prawn puree. I remember you Love me that a prawn puree. Oh yeah. my days. That is absolutely amazing. It's just that little thin Indian bread. It comes with like tomato, cucumber, and loads of prawns or chicken and like a cormary, buttery. So, oh, it's wonderful. This I got a feeling this segment is going to make us really hungry. It's, it's failing that, if you could, I'd order Mexican all the time. I still order enchiladas forever, but I can't. So there we are. <laughs> um, what, what say you, Jamie? My go-to, I'm a pizza man. I fucking love me some pizza. Um, and there's a place near us because I don't know what anyone, I don't care what people say. To me, it's always your local dodgy ran pizza place that does the best pizzas. Not your pizza, your Domino's. Always those little dodgy ones around the corner that have weird names like Me Too Pizza or something. Love them places. But there's one around the place from us, and I order beans and sausages with kebab meat and mushrooms. And it sounds weird, but it's absolutely gorgeous. And I get that with chips. And chicken dippers with barbecue sauce. And mwah, it's my favourite. <clears throat> now I really want pizza. Anyway, let's get some audience answers. AJ Littell says, Shrimp platter with gumbo and shrimp potato salad from Martino's in Algiers, New Orleans. Or the shrimp po'boy from Chubby's in Algiers, New Orleans. I think New Orleans really likes fish. I mean, they are, aren't they? A coastal place yeah very much so yeah yeah <laughs> and the reason i say this is because our next answer comes from ori kimbler who says sushi and ramen i love a rainbow roll or some fresh sashimi right now i love miso based ramen broth and must have fish cakes it's all the fish all the fish from new orleans all need to fish. get down there i think need to get down there you make you could tell the difference between the american answers 
and the British answers. <laughs> um, why can I never remember how to say this guy's name? Is it Jerry Keane, by any chance? It is Jerry Keane. Thank you. <laughs> Jerry Keane. He says, a Donna meal tray. Donna meat with chips and a drink. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. Is that a classic Irish answer? or <laughs> <laughs> It's what he said, so it's got to be good. Probably going to this. Adam Lancaster with the most Adam Lancaster answer ever. No, not just a plate of cheese. A kebab that comes in a pizza box. Nice. Pizza naan, kebab meat, chic and chicken, and it's fucking massive. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine having meat sweats and just feeling very sick after eating that. But I do love a kebab. Nina Hewitson, for family night, it's a veggie pepperoni and sweet corn pizza for the kids, a barbecue jackfruit, peppers and mushroom and sweet corn for me, and potato tots. For me, just me and Mike, it's vegetarian, jalfreezy, paffia, with veg rice, plain naans, papadoms and dips. Mike changes his mind every time, so never has the same thing. Fair play. Some people like to change their mind, some people like to have the same thing over and over again. Why not? I find, personally, if I'm having pizza or Chinese, I have the same thing. If I'm having Indian, I like to try something different every time. I don't know why. Lucy Orchard. Love this one. She just tells us her order for her favourite Chinese. Well, favourite takeaways, rather. Chinese is beef in black bean, but swap the green peppers for mushrooms. Soft fried noodles. No bean sprouts and some chips. Yes, I'm that person, but I get it so rare from takeaway, I want it perfect. And with zero food thrown away. I also ring it through as no one else wants to be the arse that orders it. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Can't argue that. <laughs> Indian is chicken tikka masala and a rice plus a naan bread and a bag of chips for the group. She's thinking of the group. I like it. I like it. And for pizza, ham and mushroom stuffed crust with garlic dip. But I've just eaten and I'm already hungry again after writing that day. <laughs> <laughs> Be- Becky Westwood. For Chinese, it's special curry with fried rice with a cheeky small amount of Jamie's chips, also her prawn crackers. There. I don't. My chips. Oh. She has egg fried rice, right. I have chips, and then she normally steals a handful of my chips. And then the thing that I always judge her for, if it's pizza, then I have ham, pineapple, mushroom, and olives. Pineapple and olives. I'm amazed I haven't asked for a divorce yet. Just wrong. Claire Jones. Beef and mushroom chow mein with salt and chilli chips and a can of cherry coke, of course. Or if it's curry, a chicken and mushroom, balti, egg fried rice. I read that wrong. Chicken and mushroom, balti, egg fried rice, cheese and garlic. No, not balti fried rice. But And hold the forks. I was going to hold the forks. We only need a knife and a divider in between the plates to make sure they don't overlap. Oh, she's <laughs> one of them. It's like food touching. She actually sent me a picture of her curry the other day. She had her curry on a plate and her rice was still in the tray, so it didn't touch. Um, why... <laughs> That's so criminal. <laughs> just just rice on its own. Like, it's, that's just the dullest thing ever. <laughs> oh, I love nothing. Um... <laughs> Owen Edmonds, chicken chow mein, egg fried rice, chicken balls with sweet and sour sauce, and chips. Can't nice. That. I love the Chinese answers. They're amazing. <laughs> Richie Rich's answer made me laugh quite a lot usually something I'm not very good at making at home don't have the ingredients or tools black bean pepper, fried rice or maybe, maybe if I've been out drinking as well uh, ah. yeah. Where's Pike? He just made me hungry with his answer duck chow mein, curry sauce and chips oh, fucking love me a chow mein Jake Smith another man that likes to just list everything he's having from all his different 
takeaways. Chinese, it's special curry and Singapore fried rice plus salt and pepper chicken. Indian, garlic chili chicken with lemon rice and a naan. Chip shop, a quarter pound of burger with cheese and chips and curry sauce. Can't imagine curry sauce on a burger, though. Burger from a fish and chip shop? No, I thought that. Okay. <laughs> Chippy, mate. Get chips or a kebab, you weirdo. But there we are. Samantha Louise Napwall. One, that is a very long name. Two, she says, tofu in black bean sauce, steamed rice and salt and pepper chips. I can Bang never it. decide on salt and pepper chips. I just try them. I'm not a big salt person. Uh, Paul Payne, lambuna, kima naan, boiled rice from the Indian, crispy chili beef, rice, and salt and chili chips from the Chinese. Delicious. Fair play. Yeah, it is, to be fair. Uh, Rich Van Slotten, chili crisp beef, Singapore spicy noodles. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. This is just making me really hungry. I'm not going to lie. Right, what we're going to have here, what we're going to have here. Justin Lee, meat feast Domino's pizza, we've cut up Nando's hot chicken breast, rolled up and scrammed and dipped in ch to chive Domino's sauce top. <laughs> you can say he's a rugby boy, can't you? Fucking, that is, just, <laughs> that is insane. I, I don't know how to react to that. <laughs> just, like I just roll it up, fucking in one. Right, let's give us two more. Jeff Nichols, pineapple and chili pizza, chips, cheese, and curry sauce, and paneer kofta. Pineapple and chili pizza. Yeah, Nicholson's weird, isn't he? So just like, what? Yeah. It's <laughs> their own, James. It's their own at the end of the day. I'm not going to start being that little pineapple bitch that moans and people put pineapple. If you want, if you want to ruin your pizza, go ahead and ruin your pizza. Do you know what I mean? And last but not least, this is possibly the poshest answer we've ever had to a fucking takeaway question. Amy Mousy. Salmon teriyaki with rice, taco karaji, maybe some edamim, a little bit of ebi tempura and lots of daikon radish. <laughs> I don't know what half of that meant. Salmon <laughs> <laughs> right. ter teriyaki, yes. The rest of it, I was like, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> so I was reading, I was like, you could have told me to sacrifice a, sacrifice a crocodile. I have no idea what's going on here. So, <laughs> and feed it to the feed it to the goats. <laughs> Is that what, that's what I meant. <laughs> but I'm we we thank really everybody for their wonderful answers. As always, we thank everybody who participates. Everyone who enjoys Cam's Truchings, Tom's Journal, the interview, and all the wanky box at the beginning of each episode, which you can find available everywhere with the other 72 editions of the Chronicles of Podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts from, mother lovers. Keep finding us, keep listening, and we really appreciate it. You can also comment down to YouTube at the Chronicles of Podcast. Hit that subscribe. Hit that button so fucking hard you can't unsubscribe. That'd be wonderful. And while you're down on the old YouTube, you can check out all of our interviews, all of our hashtag WBW way back Wednesdays, which obviously ended last year, but they're still available for you to enjoy. They're doing quite well. You know, there's some good content on there. Rab himself from Jackass, for God's sake. Like, what more could you want? Just that one on stand alone. Let's go watch everything else. Um, you can also find our Bloodstock interviews and live vlog from there as well. So please go and share that wherever you can, as it's for these wonderful people at the Sofa Lancaster Foundation. It would mean a lot to us. Thank you very much. 
Jamie, you can also find us on Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast if you weren't aware. Um, you can come and like like the page, share it everywhere, put some memes and some gifts or whatever in there. Come and chat to us, come say hello. We'd really appreciate it. It'd be nice if you just come on to come on down to the old facey B. Jamie, thinking about it actually, and I've forgotten completely. Where else could you find us? Sitting there on Shudder watching This Is Guar documentary by our wonderful guest. And then when you've done that, come find us on the Twitter at TCOPod. And, oh, God damn it, I've done it again. Where else could you find us? Sitting there thinking about all those delicious takeaway orders, thinking, I'm really quite hungry now. Also, who does burger from a chippy? But, and on the Instagram. At TCOPod. You can also find us on LinkedIn, at the Chronicles of Podcast. Come connect with us and come share the love and just, like, like everything. Let everybody else know. Spread the message, spread the word. And also on the TikTok at TCO Pod, uh, go and find Jamie's Chesney Hawks video. I'll say it every week, whether you like it or not. Just for that, that reaction, it's great. You can also come on down to our beautifully brand spankingly sexy and wonderfully incredible little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. All of our us are on there. All of our affiliations and sponsors lovingly are on there. And all of our episodes and shows are on there as well. Plus the Patreon, plus the shop. Come and get your grass. Let me start that again. Come and grab yourself some TCO Pod merch. The Chronicles of Podcast. Download us, reviewers, raters, subscribe to us, share us, tell all of your friends about us, allow us into your ears. And most importantly, slide to the left. No, 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 wait, hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa. Slide to the right. No, wait, I've got that wrong again. Crisscross? No, hang on. Let me think about this. What's next? Um, er- oh, everybody clap your hands. Um, no, hang on, wait. Um, uh, two time? Two two hops this time? Um, no, no, three hops this No, wait, hang on. Um, just cha-cha real smooth, y'all. before we get out of here let's say thank you to a few of our wonderful friends first off is the incredible singer songwriter matt roberts he supplies every single piece of music you hear on this show third of february today the day of release matt releases brand new album light of day we are fortunate enough to have a sneaky little peek. And let me tell you, boys and girls, go finish listening to it today. It is fantastic. But you should expect no less from Mr. Roberts, really. I definitely, I think I picked my favourite song on the album already. It's a single he's already released, Young Dumb Fun. Go check it out now. Go check out the brand new album. It is absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Mr. Matt Roberts, for sending us all of your amazing music for the show. Go follow him on the social medias, social medias, social medias, at Matt Roberts Music. And go check him out on Spotify. Matt Roberts, and as I said, go check out that brand new album. And of course, we have to say a massive thank you to Mr. Say We Can Fly himself, Braden Barry, for his Stay Cozy clothing. Go to www.staycozyclothing.com or download the smartphone app. And whatever you like on there, whether it be that T-shirt that Tom's wearing, that hat that Tom's wearing, that hoodie I'm normally wearing, go add them to your basket, as well as the Sophie Lancaster Collaborative T-shirt, of course. 50% of the profits go straight to the foundation. Um, when you found whatever you like, add it to your basket, add that discount code, The Chronicles, and get yourself 10% off your lovely order. A gift from them to you. And of course, it's the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. A massive thank you goes out to these, stamping out prejudice, hatred, and intolerance everywhere. And we mean 
everywhere because this is not a UK issue. This is a global issue and something we need to stop. It is not right. The people of the alternative community are getting bullied, beaten, treated differently simply because they like to dress the way they want to dress, listen to the music they want to listen to. Everyone should have that right in life and the damn right they should. So help them spring that to an end and make it a strand of hate crime like it should be. There is enough evidence out there to prove that it is a strand of hate crime. And if you want to add to that evidence, head to sophielancasterfoundation.com, click on the hate crime tab and fill in that questionnaire to give us any details when you've been treated differently simply because of the music you listen to and the way you look. That would mean an absolute world to me. We are very much looking forward to supporting the charity in 2023. We've got some amazing ideas coming up. So stay tuned, boys and girls. And last but not least, a massive thank you to this handsome devil right there. Uh, ditto, my friend. Ditto. Jamie, another absolutely glorious episode, sir. Another glorious episode. Absolutely, sir. We've enjoyed it thoroughly. Tommy, thank you so much for your time. We really, really enjoyed having you on the show. We hope you enjoyed the Royal Rumble as much as we did. Uh, and Jamie, I think as for this week, we're going to see you all, everybody, everyone else, next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.